2: Welcome to Brother Date, Star Trek edition. I am the personification of the movie City Slickers 2.
0: And I'm a I'm a ball of port wine cheese. I wish we had discussed this intro.
2: Sorry, I, I didn't think of it until I didn't even know what movie film I wanted to be, but it, <laughs> City Slickers 2 seemed appropriate.
0: Search for Curly's Gold?
2: Yeah, that's me. I'm Curly's Gold, and I'm the search for it. I'm the journey and the destination.
0: That's pretty good. That's yeah. my favorite Jay Z album,
2: The Journey and the Destination. Yes. Yeah, and all the S's in there are dollar signs. Oh, I guess there's only the one.
0: <laughs> I think there's just the one, but he did he did spell Journey J Dollar Sign U <laughs> R N E Y, which is weird and hard to say.
2: Uh, oh God, we wasted almost a minute already. We can't waste any time on Star Trek Week. <laughs> We're we've been over three hours twice in a row. I think we gotta gotta move this thing
0: along yeah it was dumb of me to introduce a new segment to star trek week last week uh, we already
2: agreed that that will be a a every once in a while kind of thing that's right um
0: although we did kind of get a new character this week you mean boma
2: is that the name of the, the black guy uh
0: no i don't mean bauman or bowman or whatever his name was i don't remember his name was i met scotty
2: Oh, oh you mean he's actually in this episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's only like it's kind of the first time we've seen him. Um uh, he's still not doing much anyway. Um I guess we should just dive right in. This is week 16. Yeah. Um which is very depressing cuz we're still not even a tenth of the way through. No. But this week we watched The Galileo 7. <laughs> The Enterprise on a trip to deliver medicine to New Paris stops to investigate a quasar-like phenomenon. Mhm. Launching shuttlecraft Galileo under the command of Spock, which is immediately pulled off course, uh crash-landing on the only Class M planet in the region. Uh as long as they're planet-bound, there's uh the Enterprise can't detect them, right? Yeah. Um because of ions or something, it's always ions.
2: Yeah, because you know, no one really knows what those are, so it's yeah, it's easy to blame them.
0: It's like when uh, when you have salt, and then uh, it does a whoopsie and breaks in half, and there's a sodium and a chloride, but they they don't got an, they don't got the right number of electrons each. Those are both ions.
2: That ha- that's what happened on the planet.
0: Yeah. So the electron the electron game is very bad on this planet. All their salt broke. It. Um. Anyway, uh, Enterprise can't pick them up as long as the. Uh, Shuttles down there, um, and an impatient um, space high commissioner is going to make the ship leave to go deliver the plague medicine. Yeah, Um, McCoy accuses Spock of being envious of command. Right at some point, like that, he thinks that he should have command because of logic, which seems out of left field. But maybe there's been some stuff that we haven't seen. Yeah. Like, that's not, has not been my take on the first 15 episodes of Spock. Right. Uh, To make it into, sorry, to make it into (laughs) orbit, we're never going to get through this. To make it into orbit, they have to cut a lot of weight. Uh, 500 pounds or the weight of three grown men, Spock very sinisterly says.
2: He had that math worked out right away. He knows how many, how many men go into how many number of pounds at all times.
0: Uh, And everyone is angry that Spock would rather, um, you know, use his prerogative as the commander and decide who stays behind then uh, draw lots uh, mm. then some monsters attack yeah. and everyone's mad at Spock about how he handles that also right um, then he uh, they get up into a, into space and he makes, a, makes a, a crazy decision to burn up the rest of the shuttle's fuel um, which is I guess it's extra crazy if you didn't see shuttle pod one from, uh, <laughs> yes. from last week
2: that's right it was again bad timing
0: Um, everyone thinks that's illogical uh, but uh, that's how the Enterprise sees them and finds them etc Matt what is this episode about?
2: Man, that was the longest fucking episode synopsis we've ever done Um, alright a commander must seek counsel but remain decisive I just based that on basically the entire episode takes place down on the planet and it's everyone arguing about uh, whether Spock should be allowed to decide anything because he's because uh, he's not the same race as them or whatever seems yeah. seems to be really what they're going for. And uh, but he, you know, he's like I'm in charge and uh, I'm I'm make the decisions. And he saves their asses or something. I don't know. What did you have?
0: I mean, I feel like that's a perfectly uh, cromulent takeaway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a truism from and the.
0: Romance of three kingdoms <laughs> it's, not, it's not I'm a- not so sure that that's that's what you would take away from this episode because they don't care at all whether he listens to them or not
1: like, yes,
2: but he, i but my well you'll see when we talk about the whole episode I think Spock basically handled everything exactly as he should have handled it, and they were all a bunch of whiny little bitches,
0: oh uh, yeah, I feel ex- like one hundo the same way yeah uh except that at the end he 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 takes that desperate action, yeah, and that's what saves him so I think what this show is trying to say is it takes more than logic to make a good leader. Hmm. That's not a great premise for me. I gave that a four What did you think?
2: uh, I gave mine a six. It was kind of a truism and not entirely different from a lot of the Star Trek episodes dealing with aspects of leadership and command, especially I think a few weeks ago, I had three or four in the same week that were all kind of. I had kind of pointed at aspects of leadership. Um but it was it's still interesting to explore and uh, easy to track down. So points for that.
0: Okay. Um I thought that everyone's crazy racism against Spock was a big distraction to the episode. Uh-huh. And I thought that the scene where he is berating himself for making the correct decision at at every step. <laughs> yep. Is actually done better in
2: 11001001.
0: Um, I mean, it's crazy that it comes out of data because it's it's emotion and he shouldn't have it.
2: But also, we hated that episode.
0: Yeah, that episode sucks a dick. Yeah. But it's very. I mean, fun oh, yeah, to watch. let
2: me rephrase it. We loved that episode, but yeah. we rated it terribly.
0: Those are my main thoughts on the execution. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to say about the execution of this episode yeah. just in terms of a filmed TV spectacle, such <laughs> yes. as. The monsters are very bad.
2: They're not. The space yeti wasn't amazing.
0: It's, it's extremely bad. Um, the huge styrofoam spear. Uh,
2: <laughs> that Spock lifts like it's nothing.
0: Are very funny. Also, one of them definitely hits the Italian. What was his name?
2: Guccitori.
0: One of them definitely hits Guccitori. Bounces off a rock and hits him in the hand. Yeah. When Spock's carrying him away. And they're just like, now nah, we'll use that. Gucci- we're, not, we're not doing another take.
2: Gucciatori Margariti, I believe was his name.
0: That's probably correct. So I mean this episode is very cheesy and um Look, I wasn't gonna watch I wasn't gonna watch it twice. <laughs> that was never gonna happen. Right. But like Um we get the remastered versions. Yeah. And I thought that the uh, shuttlecraft, leaving the shuttle bay... There's a whole long CGI sequence in the beginning that is very poor. Yeah. And I thought, is this actually better? Because I remember those uh, the actual shuttle models were pretty flimsy and unrealistic looking, too. Right. <laughs> but I for sure was not going to spin up my DVDs and see what the original effects look like. Because I do have the non-remastered uh, DVDs. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it wasn't. the mm, The graphics... Although remastered are not great, and it does make you wonder if you're not going to make good graphics,
0: what are we doing? Why bother? This?
2: Just show us the cheesy old ones because they're fun. Yes. You can still make the the like the quality of this of the picture come through nice or whatever
0: It's a real who cares project because by yeah. the time it was done, like who was watching this this crazy Star Trek from the nineteen sixties where a three year old girl spits in Kirk's face. <laughs> And he's like, we're looking at and Hamlet or whatever, or and King Lear. I forget which one it was. Macbeth? What are we talking about? Macbeth and and Macbeth. Yeah. Like, who's looking at this crazy-ass shit and going, "Ah, these effects suck, though. I'm bouncing. Yeah. I can't watch this because of this. It's too cheesy.
2: If you've made a decision to watch this program, it is either despite the cheesiness or because of the cheesiness.
0: Like, if you can handle Kirk's bell-bottoms and Cuban-heeled boots. Oh, I can handle it. And I, by the way, I certainly can. I can fucking handle it. You you can handle the original '60s effects. You can handle the styrofoam rocks and shit. Yeah. We don't need the we don't need the CGI.
2: I agree. It's kind of like when like why did they go back and remaster Red Dwarf? Like, who was that for? Were there That's
0: people a, watching Red Dwarf
1: and
2: going, "Uh, comedy, so so." Um, I really need some better ship models if I'm going to keep watching this.
0: So like, I think who cares? In in Red Dwarf, the um, the producers of that show were always butthurt that they didn't get a science fiction budget from the BBC. They only got the comedy budget.
2: You could tell.
0: Um. So that I think that was the motivating factor for that. At some point, BBC was like, hey, this is the only English show that people watch in America. Yeah. So let's spend a little money. And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do some effects. Yeah, I didn't But Didn't need it. Yeah, Anyway, exactly.
2: Anyway, uh, so what did you give it for the execution? I already forgot. Four. Okay, so you gave Again, it a four and a four.
0: The racism it, of that everybody portrays is very bad. It's
2: not amazing. It's not... Again, Star Trek teaches us that humanity came together and went out into space and bullied a bunch of aliens.
0: That's basically what we're learning.
2: <laughs> yeah. essentially... I mean, that's
0: definitely what, ha- what has been happening in Enterprise and what I assume will continue to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's
2: like, how cool, yeah, Yeah, all the races got together and found some other different races to just really fuck with.
0: And I had, I mean, I had a little bit of a a Space Commissioner Dominguez moment with this, which is, when you first see Bauman, he's like, he's like the acknowledged expert. And I'm like, oh, cool, they've got this black guy on here, and he's a scientist, and everyone... Everyone knows this is the, he, he knows about these Quasars, maybe even more than Spock. Right. Uh, but then he just, just. It's Boma, dude. I'm, I got it right. It's
2: Boma. I just looked it up. Uh, Beaumont? No, Boma. B-O-M-A. Boma. I think they're trying to give him what they thought might be an African name.
0: I gotta turn the subtitles on or something. <laughs> um, But then, like, immediately, he's, he's. He's the most hateful. He's he, a, well, Spock. he goes to He goes from 0 to 60 immediately yeah. and just stays there.
2: Hey, I don't know if they were just making him the angry black man or if they were just making him the most racist of everyone there. Well, once,
0: this is what I'm saying. Was. I was a little disappointed by it. Yeah. Uh,
2: let me get into this. So uh, we tend to call a lot of episodes somebody's Ensigns of Command, right? Yes.
0: This is Spock's Ensigns of Command.
2: This is Spock's Ensigns of Command. So I was kind Ensigns
0: of... Ensigns of Command is Data's Galileo 7, but it's a little better.
2: Yeah, so I was kind of looking looking at it through that lens. This is the story that we're telling. How does Spock learn how to command people or um, accomplish a new mission or come to terms with a new role or whatever it is? So to me, I, I, it lacked, for most of the episode at least, it kind of lacked the personal growth and realization of, of Kira's story from a few weeks ago. Right. But I did think it adequately explored Spock's ability to compel his distrustful crew and try to keep him in line and stuff like that. Unfortunately, the crew is horrible, but... Um,
0: it's it... a bad crop. He, like, he's got McCoy there who is not helping.
2: no. Well, until the... I mean,
0: there are are aspects... There's, there's like, one... There's, like, one moment... Yeah, there's one moment where where McCoy's like, well, we're never gonna get out of here if we don't get these phasers back there.
2: Yeah, where... Or McCoy and Scotty kind of step in one of the times when somebody's screaming in his face. I don't remember exactly Um,
0: Scotty just sticks his head down in the fucking pipes. A lot of the times. I'm I'm not dealing with this. (laughs) I thought Spock was... I'm gonna use my very colorful magnifying glass instead.
2: At one point, I don't remember who yelled at him. Somebody yelled at him and Scotty was like, hey! Hey, gave him like a dad. Hey, when your dad yeah. goes, hey, and you go, oh, shit got real. Our dad, Ah, uh, Scotty that. is
0: for sure the dad of the Enterprise, right? Yeah, I think so. He's he's Enterprise daddy. But he's the Enterprise's dad.
2: Um, I thought I thought Spock was portrayed as kind of an admirable officer in a difficult situation, and in that way, it felt like a real Star Trek episode.
0: Like, so is he? Let me ask you here: Is he? data in on the bridge of the Sutherland yeah maybe you Christopher Hobson
2: y- yes yes actually because they were mad racist in that episode I just well, don't I... no one else
0: on that bridge said anything but Christopher Hobson was a real racist piece of shit. I just think an
2: android isn't ready to commit that guy was really sassy by the way yeah full of sass Um, yeah, so maybe it's more of his, uh, Data's plot in Redemption Redemption 2, yeah, rather than his Ensign of Command, but whatever it is. Um, it can be kind of boring, the way some of the Star Trek, the original, and TNG characters are, are pretty close to infallible, but also at times, like, the evolved sensibilities and excellent training of Starfleet crew and senior officers and stuff kind of make it fun to imagine traveling around with them, solving scary space problems.
0: I mean that's like that's who you want to work with.
2: Yeah. So again his shitty crew I mean, not
0: not data specifically because no. he's very vulnerable to several types of malware.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near him, actually. <laughs> so Spock's shitty crew sucked, but Spock seemed cool. And I don't again I don't even know if the writing was meant to make us think that, or if you were on point when you said that it was meant to make us be like logic's not enough. But I thought he fucking kicked ass. What's difficult about an episode like this is that no matter how reasonable the jeopardy seems to be to the crewmen on the planet, like, we got a pretty good idea that the important crew are going to make it out.
0: Yeah, we know Spock, McCoy, and probably Scotty are all getting off this planet. Now, that yeoman...
2: Right, as soon as you see dude show up and you don't know who he is. The two guys in
0: the yellow shirts. Yeah,
2: so the drama can only really involve either, like, the safety of lesser crew or the drama of interpersonal conflict. So, in this episode, I mean, that was fine. It did fine with that. Uh, Quasar Yeti was a silly contrivance. Like, I guess they decided the threat of being stranded on the planet wasn't enough. They had to put space yetis down there.
0: I think... So, I think the part of the problem is, the tension with the Enterprise having to leave doesn't work. Yeah. Because they're gonna be gone for six... It's a six-day round trip.
2: Right. Yeah, they're probably not. So gonna... there
0: needs to be some reason why they don't want to be down there for six days. Yeah. Like Spock knows the Enterprise is going to have to leave, but he should also know that they are capable of coming back. Yeah. So I think that I think that. So either they, they needed, needed to those write dumb they... monsters to make it. The some reason that being left behind is a big deal.
2: So rather than write a reason for the Enterprise to leave for a longer time, they wrote a dumb thing about quasar yetis.
0: Well, because even if the Enterprise is going to leave for a longer time, they could call for another starship to Dude, come. Dude, you know there's
2: only five starships. Look, I, I get it. All but right. Like, All right. Again, either way, felt like a th- contrivance.
0: The problem is being stranded on this habitable planet is not high stakes. Yeah. They, if they had done something like, I don't know, look, there's radiation in this atmosphere. It's not good for us, and if we stay here long enough, it will kill us. Yeah, Yeah. That would have been something. That wouldn't require such
2: well, It's just that fanciful
0: it's... monsters, but I think the network wanted to see fanciful monsters anyway.
2: Okay, so I think, and I don't want to argue too much about this point, but I think when they first get down there, they the initial drama on the planet is that they're so hard to find in that quasar thing that the Enterprise may never find them. Right. And if they, if they can't get into orbit, they'll be stranded there forever, I think is what their initial freakout is. But then instead of going with that plot, they went, uh, no, you know what, they can get into orbit, but quasar yetis so yeah anyway um we're so, still
0: asking what your execution score was for
2: this. So, so anyway they do a fine job of the interpersonal drama except that most of the crew reacts very rashly to spock's reasonable command style and i guess it's residual racism against vulcans if you're listening to the enterprise backstory uh, i gave it a six based on spock i thought spock was cool i thought it worked on that level
0: it's interesting we have a whole section where you can give points if you think spock is cool no, no I,
2: I mean i thought the spock but, plot yes. worked i thought that plot was fine okay
0: uh just uh just check it in with Ben quickly. Uh Ben liked this episode. Well, I don't know. I, his take was similar to mine and he only gave it a three, but he gave it a six for execution also. Um He thinks this is better than Shuttle Pod one.
1: Yeah.
0: Did, I don't know.
2: How did we rate Shuttle Pod one? I don't I know it was last week, I don't even remember.
0: Um, shuttle Shuttle Pod one won the week. Okay. It got a thirty eight score from the two of us. I gave it twenty and you gave it eighteen. Okay. Um, it was in a it was in an off week, right? It didn't yeah, yeah. have strong competition, but generally we didn't hate that episode. And that was much more of a bottle episode.
2: Yes, it was.
0: So it had a very different feeling about it than this one.
2: Yeah, and it was really a that was a character episode about those two dudes. It,
0: it was, and it's not so much about command style. Right. Um, I think he liked uh, he liked the cordiness of the big. Big spears and stuff like that. <laughs> the
2: spear the uh, Yeti throws it into the dude. Spock pulls it out like it's made of foam because it's made of foam. It's because like,
0: it's clearly made of foam. It's like good I acting found buddy. Thinking, Here's what I want to know: Where do you get that much foam? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like they have a whole prop department. That'd be a hard prop to make. You can't just go to Michael's and get <laughs> <a> <laughs> Yeah, foam I need a bolt rod. of foam.
2: Uh, it's got to be like twenty feet long, and I'll just pare it down a little bit.
0: And also I will have all of your brown spray paint. Yeah, that's right. All of all of it that you do have.
1: <laughs>
0: um so yeah, so uh through the first half I gave it an 8, Ben gave it a 9, you gave it a 12. Okay, so that's just I'm- a check-in cuz we kind of have two halves, right, which are
2: How uh, what was the episode? How th- was it?
0: We, exactly, that's the the top half, and then the bottom half is, is it doing anything interesting in the context of the series, really? Exactly. Right. Because that's what world-building and characterization are about. Exactly correct. So, on its own merits, uh, I, low is me with eight, high is you with twelve. Yeah. Um, um So, we've had episodes that have scored lower than twelve total. So oh yeah. It's not...
2: Oh yeah, I have one this week. <laughs> for me
0: <laughs> so I bet I know which one it is but moving on uh, moving on to the to the back half what world building did you identify in this? what did you like world building
2: was? Mokkas 3 and Murasaki 312 I always enjoy the location names in TOS uh, The this fancy quasar directive that they have that he is bound uh, he to... has standing
0: orders to investigate quasars and quasar-like phenomenon I
2: just, uh, I'd never heard that one before uh, but that's sweet. I
0: guess. I guess by the by uh, the time of TNG,
2: they've studied those enough.
0: Well, okay, it's a quasar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels like a step up from. Uh, this is a huge comet. We got to check out this huge <laughs> comet. Look how big it is. Like a comets, less exciting than a quasar. So there is some progress there.
2: Right. Um, the sh- shuttle's boxiness is very 1960s, but so is its sweet livery.
0: I did enjoy its livery, and it was, Ben enjoyed it also. It is
2: lovely. It is a beautiful little shuttle uh, in terms of the paint job. Um, their speed was multiplied geometrically.
0: That's correct.
2: I, I'm not sure that was a real thing. That was they said that.
0: But, That's a uh, bad thing to have happen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Shuttlecraft Columbus. So I guess we're getting the idea that all the shuttles are named after like uh, explorer type dudes. I guess. Would you say Galileo was explorer? He explored the stars from his home, <laughs> with his, from his, with home, his telescope, from his home. I have a coworker named Eddie <laughs> who does the same thing. He's an explorer, too. Seriously, my coworker, Eddie, has his own uh, observatory. Oh, that's fun. Yeah.
0: Um, does he take uh, Does he take pictures,
2: too? Oh, yeah, he does. And he will yeah. show them to you for sure.
0: No, Sometimes that stuff is impressive. Mm hmm. It is definitely a nerd hobby, though. It's (laughs) like model trains, but then again, in another level.
2: Eddie has a ponytail. So when I was told that he has an observatory, too, I thought it checked out.
0: (laughs) You said, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: Shuttle fuel. So I guess those things run on thrusters of some kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they were, like, out of shuttle fuel or whatever. Uh, Quasar yetis. Um, What was that spear made out of? Spock removed it like it was made of styrofoam. That's all I had. I gave it a three.
0: Okay. Um, I definitely had some things that you didn't have, so okay. we'll see if that three stands or not. Okay. Um, you're already scoring this episode higher than me. I don't think you particularly need to be talked up, but
2: no, it's just based on each individual criteria.
0: Uh, it was described as a 24 foot shuttle. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because that's actually how they name like classes of PT boats and stuff is by their length.
2: Oh, is that why it's a Type Six shuttle? Because it's so tiny? I don't know. Uh, oh, no, those were the bigger ones. The the, the smaller ones are the Type 13s or 15s or whatever the fuck they were.
0: You said that the engines, uh, shuttle engines, run on fuel. Yeah. But they can also be made to run on phaser energy.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And I always assumed that the phasers had batteries in them, but I guess they could have a chemical fuel.
2: Yes. As usual, world building full of questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Kirk sends the transporter teams down there under ordnance condition 1A.
2: I don't know what that means.
0: Are they like strapping bombs to I their back? I guess bag? that means, I guess that means bring some guns. Okay. Um, I liked, um, we saw their transporter test materials. Yeah. We'll see those test cylinders 50 times in the next generation.
2: Yep. Cause the transporter's broken a lot.
0: Uh, but we saw them here. I did not like, by the way, that they were some of the same items as were in the shuttlecraft to cut weight. I thought that proper use didn't make any sense. Yeah, Like, is the shuttle just carrying some transporter test targets, or...
2: Well, you definitely don't need those. Leave them yeah. behind.
0: Uh, and then, of course, space normal speed.
2: I didn't even hear him say that. Did he
1: say space uh, normal? When he,
0: when he has the Enterprise leave the the planet, according to... The high commissioner's timeline. He tells them to leave at space normal speed and then Sulu turns around and goes, Whoa
2: guess <laughs> because Sulu didn't know what it was. Not that's, because that's he was worried slow. about leaving them behind.
0: Because it's real slow,
2: I <laughs> guess. Oh, okay. Like
0: he's he's technically having them leave. Hmm. It's like he had if he had them leave at one quarter impulse.
2: Well look, even in the end of the episode, we'll get to it. Emergency. They have to get to this place. It's an emergency and they're already held up. Warp warp one. Yep. Warp one. Anyway.
0: Uh Yep, so, um, I had it at about a four.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I could see a four. I just don't know how important any of that stuff is.
0: Could you see your way clear to an eight? Because that's what Ben gave it. What? Yeah.
2: Well, what did he see in here? Let's take a look at what he saw uh, in it's here. it's the
0: first shuttlecraft appearance.
2: Is it? No, because we saw Kirk and, the, and Commodore whatever chase down Spock in, uh
0: so he's wrong about that definitely the first launch bay and bay doors scene that's possible I don't really remember that's probably true um yeah there's not not that much um he says that all women on this show seem to be nurses or yeomen and that the only one who's broken the glass ceiling is Uhura
2: that's true she gets to man the con every once in a while she does um, yeah, I don't know how that... that... was worth an eight to uh, Yeah, I guess he was really fascinated by shuttle stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the shuttles, again, the livery on the shuttle is very nice. Yeah. When you consider that everything is painted in a flat gray to begin with. Yes. Then, I mean, that's problematic.
2: I I don't know. I feel fine with it's my It's just three. like
0: the red doesn't pop off against it as much as if it were on a... White a or... sort of pearl white that yeah. we see in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Uh, I feel comfortable with my three. I don't know. I I didn't feel like a lot happened in here that's going to matter.
0: Um, characterization. Hmm. Uh, Um, again, I said that I felt like McCoy's antagonism of Spock doesn't seem earned at this point. Right. And um, this is the most we've seen of Scotty, but it's still not much. I thought this was just about a three on characterization terms. It's not. Spock acts like Spock at the beginning and he acts like Spock at the end. Yeah. We don't.
2: Oh, in terms of growth and change or
0: whatever. There's like one glimpse into his confusion about. He's not even confused that the logical steps aren't working out. He's confused that everybody's mad at him.
1: (laughs) They
2: are too. They're just a bunch of jerks. Spock, don't feel bad. They're just a bunch of jerks.
0: They're exceedingly mad. It doesn't. It's not sensible how mad they are at him.
2: Um, here's what I had. Kirk is either super interested in science or really wants to obey Starfleet directives because he is dead set on this quasar and will not apologize for it. Like, mm-hmm. the space commissioner just keeps going, oh, we got, we got these medical things we gotta do, and he's just like, no, quasars come first. Uh, Kirk starts to lose patience with Commissioner Balsack. Uh, all rubbing his eyes and sighing whenever the dude says anything. Uh, Kirk then starts to get testy and even yells at Uhura, which I did not enjoy.
0: Well, this commissioner, this high commissioner guy is a real piece of shit.
2: Yeah, he is. But don't take it like, out on Uhura.
0: He's, uh, at times, is really enjoying Yeah. that Kirk is going to lose some men.
2: And he, yeah, and then he makes a point of saying, Hida, look, I don't relish the thought of you losing your men. But it's like, yeah,
0: you do, you little bitch. No, no, you do, though, son. Yeah, We can guy. all tell that you do. Um, but you're real pleased that you're right and Kirk is wrong. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: I just love whenever he would start to say something, Kirk, Shatner as Kirk would start to like rub his eyes and sigh really loud. <laughs> he was so annoyed.
0: Yes, he did. He did go to that gesture kind of a lot.
2: Um, I appreciated Spock as commander. We already talked about that. Um, they crashed and he just started going about shit. Like it was business as usual, which is what you want. i wor- I said I would work for Spock. Um, he neither enjoys the prospects of command or is frightened by them. But he does start to get pretty testy when they suggest attacking those yetis. He starts to get a yeah. little shouty in that, in that shuttlecraft. Um, and by the way, he's like, I don't want to take anyone's life. And that's kind of not consistent because so far Spock's been kind of a shoot-first guy to this point. Oh, that is
0: very true. I mean, last week Spock... Uh, wait, was last week Bounce of Terror? Two weeks ago, Spock was really yeah. like... No, we're going to have to kill him.
2: It's like, yeah, no, no doubt. It's time to blast these fools like the racist guy suggested. We have to kill yeah,
0: him. Yeah, he does have a pacifism streak in this one that we haven't really seen before.
2: And I I guess I conjecture, I don't know, is it just based on the responsibilities of command? Is, does he see it from a different perspective rather than just as a contributor who's giving his opinion or
0: whatever? Right, he's not giving advice to Captain Kirk about how to handle the situation. He's making the final call.
2: Right. Um... Yeah, and then there's not much Scotty or McCoy. At times they were aggressive with Spock. At times they stepped in to defend him. I don't know. They're pretty neutral. I, I give it a five. Give it a five.
0: It's um, it's pretty high. Five is high. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. But I gave it a three, so that's. Right. I guess five is not that high. It's
2: not, we have to keep in mind, even the episodes we rate well don't actually score very well as a percentage. It's true. <laughs>
0: Um, Ben gave it a 7. Oh,
2: man. He liked this one. So he
0: liked what was going on here.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, he says, here's- Scotty's here again, but only to fix the pod. No points.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Spock is in command, which is great, and you see his logical style vindicated.
2: Though he does do the illogical thing to save them in the end.
0: Uh, Kirk is loyal, but ultimately is most loyal to his ship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I'm yes, sure he, he cared doesn't... about those- I'm sure he cared about that plague. <laughs>
2: like yeah,
0: the ship was on an important mission. He wasn't ferrying diplomats to Pacifica. <laughs>
2: That's right. By the way, those guys are going to have to delay again. Can you send a message, yeah. letting them know we're going to be a little late to Pacifica? Um. Yeah. No. Kirk didn't just straight up stay there and look for the dudes. He he went on his merry way. So
1: yeah.
0: Um. I've I've got some math to do. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you had some observations. The quick hitters. The quick hitters.
2: Uh, okay. M- maybe some much-needed medicine should take priority over the Quasar Directive.
0: Just yeah, that a- Quasar's not going anywhere. It's, just, it's not going anywhere. It's just a thought.
2: Uh, I don't recognize Spock's co-pilot. That's bad news for him. Uh, is the doctor along for the ride because they knew it would be a dangerous shuttle mission or because he's supposed to do some science?
0: He doesn't seem like he knows much about non-medicine science. And that's
2: what I wanted to get into a little bit. If we got time, do you have three hours?
0: I got some time.
2: Okay, I don't generally think of McCoy as a scientist. I don't either. I think of him more as a surgeon, and we've probably talked about this before, but some Starfleet doctors to me seem more research-oriented, and some are more treatment and and clinical-oriented. And for me, McCoy and Crusher tend to be more treatment-oriented. Well Bashir and flocks tend to be scientists first and clinicians second, and I don't really know where holodoctor Doctor fits in, but
0: yeah, that la Holo doctor is mostly irritated so far <laughs> You're right mostly irritated by things uh I agree, although they give Beverly a lot of dialogue that suggests that she's interested in research,
2: especially here in season one where she she yes. she was going to go meet that dude who she saw at that conference and she was boned out about it, yeah. Um um but later on I don't see her doing a lot of academic work let's say Well that. that's
0: this is the thing right like we only see her doing any kind of academic work when it goes wrong like in clues That's right like she's or, doing something she's doing some kind of experiment with those plants
2: or in the one with Amanda Rogers when when Q and Amanda Rogers yes. mess up her science experiment Right
0: yes and true Q2 Great episodes we will <laughs> definitely get to soon. You're
2: almost there, I think we're almost there.
0: Um, but you're right. Most of the time, she she is there to heal people,
2: and she's great at whipping up a substitute. Don't get me wrong, but she's it's always, very good at it's it. It's always and in in the interests of of healing an injury. Or, she
0: definitely. You know, so I mean, so here I mean, the thing that the big outlier is uh, the Doctor Rega Metaphasic Shields episode.
2: Yeah, again, she's uh, she is interested in that, but she's not doing any of the research. She's she's into it. She wants to like learn about it, and then when the dude goes belly up, she takes it on herself to like investigate, but
0: also yeah. I think her motivation in that episode is that she's mad that people are racist about Ferengi.
2: Yeah, she's always up in arms. He's <clears> not getting some a, social cause. He's
0: not getting a fair shot and she's gonna give it to him anyway.
2: Okay. Uh Sorry, I didn't want to get off track. Uh,
0: Yes, we've gotten to... They brought McCoy along for the ride. So we're Uh, doing real good.
2: This commissioner... What was his name? Commissioner Ferris or something? I don't remember what his name was. Um, He was a real dick. Just full of I told you so's. Um, Why did they bring Scotty, Spock, and Bones on this shuttle mission to this quasar? Yeah. What did they expect to find in the middle of this quasar? They came armed.
0: Where were they even going in that shuttle?
2: What's happening?
0: Like they weren't going to that planet.
2: Yeah. What why not take the Enterprise to look at it?
0: Yeah. It's it's gotta have better lookers on it, right? This is by the way, they don't even address this in Shuttle Pod one. They're like, ah, we sent them out on that research mission and then Yeah. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. yeah, well, we joined them halfway through the conversation. I guess they were busy with diplomatic stuff? I don't know. Yeah. Uh BOMA. Uh, immediately begins to question who's in charge. He needs to keep the fucking chain of command in mind. He's a fucking asshole. Um, uh, oh shit, Yeti. <sighs> oh, uh, dude Uh, who just watched your friend get stabbed by a spear. Spock isn't questioning your word. He just pulled the spear out of the guy's back. He yeah. knows somebody killed him.
0: Yep, that guy was real defensive.
2: He's like, Why you think I'm lying? It's like, no, dude. He, Spock's holding the spear. He knows. Everyone was like, I have a fucking asshole in this episode. I have a
0: theory about that guy, that he is a big liar. And he killed the guy? No, I, I mean, <laughs> I think that the Yeti thing happened as described, but that he lies so much that he's very... Youth, like, defensiveness <laughs> is his number one position. <laughs> what, you like, I'm
2: lying about it? I didn't lie about this. It's like, hey, relax, dude. It's not a big deal. This isn't, this isn't like uh, who took the last donut or whatever you're worried about. Uh Yeah, and then set course for Marcus 3 ahead Warp 1. How yep. many times do we have to see them have an emergency situation that they're off to, and then they fly off at Warp 1 or Warp 2?
0: Yep. Well, luckily, they're still doing it in 80 years. It's just
2: it's, uh, the bad continuity. Uh, And then that horrible laughing fade out.
0: Oh my god. Wow, that was rough.
2: Where everyone on the bridge it. was having so much fun, it I couldn't even remember what the joke
0: was. I had noticed it before, like in previous episodes, but this one was outrageous. It was really... They're not good at fake laughing. Uh, I have a theory about that, which is do they do that endless bout of laughter because they don't know how much time they're going to be on screen with the credits? Yeah,
2: how long does this this fade out? How many many seconds of laughing do you need? (laughs) Uh, And uh, I was thinking maybe in-universe they do it just to fuck with Spock because he won't understand what's happening. Uh, That's all I got.
0: Um yeah, a couple of things. I think I've asked before how does Kirk resist the temptation of like shuffling all those chips yes. next to his chair. <laughs> yeah. He does some hand business with them this time. <laughs> yep. Um the uh the crewman in yellow didn't I'd forget what his name was, just no idea where ten o'clock is when Spock tells him to point at ten and two and he's like point it's at eight thirty. It's real bad. Right. <sighs> Um, I think it must have been a lot of fun being on the styrofoam spear crew and just chucking those things at them.
2: <laughs> it's true. That does happen a lot throughout the episode. They must have had a
0: lot of PAs
2: doing that. That's the uh, the good part of the job. That's not running for coffee for Shad or whatever.
0: Uh, the dialogue monster struck a little bit in oh. the particularly in the cold open when Kirk, Kirk says no problem about five times to the ambassador or to the high commissioner. No problem. <laughs> yeah. No problem. He only um,
2: kind of memorized his lines. He didn't completely do it. And he
0: also gets the also gets the super great line: "Finding a needle in a haystack would be child's play."
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, not the best work.
0: Yeah, I mean this is, this is not TNG level dialogue monstrosity, but it's still no, still something. Uh, I give the best actor uh, to Scotty, I guess.
2: Wow. Yeah, barely in it, and, but uh, sure.
0: And worst actor to the yeoman who doesn't want to die in space.
2: Yeah, she um,
0: she wasn't great. No, no yeah, one I was really. Her performance great. was not great. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said Scotty. I guess because there were no standouts in this one. Yeah. Uh, even even Kirk and Spock who usually take the day.
2: What did the math say about this episode?
0: I gave it 15, you gave it 20 That's a total of 35 That's not, um, not, terrible. That's not terrible That's up 12 from shore leave
2: That, well, that was a really Regrettable episode
0: um, There are not that many weeks That 35 would have won though So uh, It may it may not take The week um, But I, we had 4 more episodes and they were not all good So
1: no. <sighs> yeah.
0: What do we Let's, watch? um Let's dive right in because this week we watched when the bow breaks
2: hi, dog. They found this uh magic planet this planet that wasn't supposed supposed to exist. it was just a myth that it could cloak itself. it was like uh where where dreams where dreams take wing, yep, and um. <laughs> It's called Aldea? 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 What is it called?
0: Aldea, yeah. Aldea?
2: Anyway, they find this thing, and the dudes are super charming, except, guess what? They want to steal all the Enterprise's children, because they don't know how to make babies anymore. So they take the children, and Crusher's all pissed off, and Picard's all pissed off, and they're trying to bargain with them, and they end up having to uh, kind of sneak behind their backs and, and because they got fancy shields and everything, and they go, and guess what? They get the kids back in the end, and they help them learn a lesson about their own society, and hopefully they'll be fine from now on. <coughs> yep. That's, that's pretty much it. What did you think of this uh, pot full of warm shit?
0: Um, I struggled. I struggled to find... So, there's... A, clearly, there's an environmental message. Mm. But it's not what the episode is about. Once again,
2: it is the situation where they give you the monologue at the end and you go, wait, this is the episode? That's what it's about? Well,
0: because here is the thing. Like, the the Aldeans aren't, aren't doing anything.
2: No. Like, like, literally, they're doing nothing.
0: There's 12 of them left on the planet. Their shield is burning a hole in the ozone, but that's because their thing is busted.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not something that they're doing on purpose. It's not... It's not, like, weird corporate greed. I mean, there's, like, no.
2: Yeah, it's like, oh, their reliance on this technology has ruined them.
0: It's like, I get that in 1987, the hole in the ozone layer was the biggest imaginable ecological problem. Yeah. But, like, so so this is a... So here's what I put for the take, and often I will write a cynical take and then share it with you, and then I'll think about it more and come to a real take. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that I was not going to get better than this one, and that's why I didn't send you this take. So here (laughs) it is. Luxury makes us decadent and weak. Two out of ten.
2: Yeah, I'm totally with you 100% of the way that it was not about environmentalism. And your take makes sense, right? I think in the end we're supposed to go, Oh, look at these idiots. They're so reliant on their caretaking machine, the fucking custodian. But they All don't they do know is how to sculpt
0: do... and make music.
2: Yeah, they don't know how to do anything. They don't know how anything works. They can't even make babies. They're useless. So I get that. Um, here's what I came up with. It's possible to like and pity your adversary. Cause these kids, they like these people. They're nice to them. They want to teach them how to sculpt dolphins. They want to play games with them, and. Give, give them lots and lots of food. But, um, but they're still the bad guys, and Wesley has to kind of take these kids through some, uh, nonviolent resistance shit. Because these kids are like, but I like my new mom!
0: Yeah. Well, they're definitely, I mean, they're spoiling these kids. Harry's not going to have to learn calculus.
2: I know. Well, he's nine, and it's time. <laughs> exactly. It's time to learn calculus, Harry Jr.
0: Everybody needs a basic understanding of calculus. You
2: dummy! If you don't know calculus by the time you're ten, you're going to be basically ever tatted.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I you'll f- never you'll never get to the academy, and then how will you become a famous oceanographer?
2: <laughs> like your dad. one of those
0: famous military oceanographers, like your dad,
2: like your dad Harry Senior.
0: I didn't name you after me, so you would not become an oceanographer. <laughs> I want Commander Riker to call you Doctor Bernard. That's
2: right, and you know what. You'll have to start pretty soon because I I think you're already you surpass Riker's intelligence already, Harry Junior. Yeah. Well, um, I gave it a four. Um, these dudes were in a bad spot and they did very little molestation of these children.
0: That's true. But they they sti- molested them to the minimum possible extent.
2: Yeah, but they still needed to be squashed in the end. So yeah. Uh,
0: execution. Uh, execution wise, um. So, bear in mind that my premise is about luxury. Yeah, yeah, Et cetera. There, I didn't see any evidence that the crew was taking any of this as a warning. Yeah. Like, I'm sure 90% of the people on that ship don't know how the computers and shit work.
2: Yeah, and they live in for real luxury.
0: And they keep putting blind trust in data, for instance. Yeah. So, like... Stop doing that. If someone could have said... Like, the first thing I noticed was, oh, these guys are, the Federation is like 95% of the way to these guys already. Yeah. But no one on the ship noticed that. Or, (laughs) looks like, all they've got is a good cloaking device.
2: No, dog, and we know why no one noticed it. Because there was no point to this episode. That's why no one noticed it on the
0: ship. That hurt the execution score. I gave it about a four. I actually didn't hate this episode as much as I remember hating it. There's too much little kid acting. Ugh, and Heather. they did not get those actors from Voyager.
2: No, it's I'd right. watch those kids. Hell yeah.
0: Sh- <laughs> that little boy actor in that, whoever that guy was, I'd watch him again. But
2: Those kids yeah. were beasting Kate Mulgrew in that scene.
0: I mean, ha- Harry was fine. Really, just the littlest girl was problematic. Yeah. She's but uh, she's a little monster child. Like Wesley's passive resistance is not that fun to watch, but the rest of the episode's okay.
2: Yeah. Um. Wait. So, what'd you give it? Four. Four. Okay. In terms of the premise, the new parents were the kidnappy parents were desperate, and they were loving and affectionate and mostly well meaning, and um, and still nobody really wanted to spend the rest of their lives there. But like. Of course they didn't. You'd have, I mean, like, you'd have to have some mad, intense Stockholm Syndrome to fall for these wackos. So it's kind of a meh. Um.
0: I mean, it is definitely like, if you got kidnapped by the community, an artist community in Taos or <laughs> yeah. Carmel by the Sea or something, and you're like, I right, listen. Yeah, if you're going to be kidnapped, these are good digs and everything i get that you want an apprentice and like everybody here is real chill and the food's good and interesting and stuff like that but like i i kind of didn't want to make turquoise jewelry for the rest of my life (laughs) yeah
2: i hadn't really thought that far ahead honestly
0: like i'm nine but this seems very limiting
2: also what's the point of apprenticeships in all these trades for your society of 12 that doesn't know how to do anything like why um, yeah,
0: uh, and also by the way I heard you when you said oh yeah we used to have fish <laughs> in our oceans yeah
2: and by the way I want to go to places that still have fish that's where yeah. I'd like to go um, the acting was frightfully bad for most of this episode uh, not just the kids the adult actors is who I'm talking about and um, yes. it, the, most of this episode was a real who cares Crusher solves their health problem almost immediately and their fantasy shields don't work for shit so the threat to the kids doesn't turn out to be that serious, and nobody has to make any really hard choices, which leads to n- no drama.
0: It was kind of drama-free.
2: So uh, just fucking overall, I had it rated as a five on execution.
1: Okay,
2: but I, now it feels generous. I'm gonna down. <laughs> I'm downgrading it to a four. Once yeah. I figured out I didn't have even one good thing to say.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear a lot of good in there. Yeah. Um. So through the through the first half, right, the episode specific half, yeah. uh, I've got it at six, and you've got it at eight. Okay, that's not amazing. Uh, It wasn't an amazing episode. Just checking in with Ben. Yeah. He had a a four and a three.
1: Okay. His
0: take was, "Our children are the future, or don't piss off a mommy." But there's like ten more at different episodes where Beverly's angry. Seriously. This is this is her most reasonable performance when Wesley is in danger. And uh anyway, he thought this was kind of a Roddenberry special. Like no one no one lifted a phaser the whole episode.
2: Uh, yeah, and he mentions the Landrew connection. It's basically just another Landrew. Except this Landrew's not as interesting. Well, that's though. his
0: world building take, but yes.
2: Oh, uh, Yeah, uh, so
0: so through the first half he gave it a seven, which is again right in the middle of the two of us. So yeah. we're we're tracking to, to a pattern here where I'm the low score, you're the high score, and Ben's in the middle. That's um, nice. So moving on to this episode in the context of the series, uh, mm. here's what I have for world building. Okay. Uh preteen calculus, we talked about a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's only really advancing the study of calculus by five or six years. Right. That's. I mean, that kid looked like he was 12 to me. I was I taking calculus when I was 17. I
2: really have no idea how old that kid was. He just seemed... <clears throat> There's oh, probably, you know what? His onesie didn't help.
0: There's probably kids at magnet schools and shit taking calculus when they're 15.
2: Yeah. That's true.
0: Um, this is the second legendary planet we've seen so far.
2: Yeah, they gotta fucking cut this out.
0: And that's if you don't count the Tacon Empire. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: It's, it's just not not really legendary, but apparently it was in their database. Yeah. Uh, planetary cloaking, ozone trubs. Not much. Not much world building here. I, I gave it a three.
2: Let's see. Aldea and its wonderful mythical significance. Um, how many teachers on Enterprise? How many children? If the crew complements 1,013, 14, what is it? What the hell is the crew compliment? Thousand it's
0: over th- a 1,000.
2: Yeah, well. Um, does that number include civilians?
0: I think it has to. But here's the thing. We will definitely see more kids than this in the future.
2: Yeah, I just... And-
0: Also, it seems like they didn't even take all the kids that were on the Enterprise, so some of those kids got scanned and didn't make the cut.
2: Yeah, I think I got an idea of how that decision was made, based on the fact that they were all little white kids. I'm saying that all day in society is racist as shit, dude. Uh. Not one little brown boy or girl gets taken by the aliens, what a surprise! Oh, and by the way, Harry's dad asks a very uncomfortable question, Why did they have to pick our kids? He meant, why didn't they take the brown kids? Mm. Harry Sr. asks.
0: So what you're saying is Harry Bernard had a moment very similar to Spock and just shouted, The whites!
2: The whites, exactly correct. The whites have been stolen and we have to do something. Um, Did this guy say his name was Ragu, first appointee (laughs) of Aldea?
0: Well, that's Radu, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's very similar.
2: Uh cloaking planets, the custodian, chromosome damage is what's up with these Puncharello's, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, that's just radiation poisoning.
2: Right. Um Harry's dad's an oceanographer, really reaching here for world building. Uh yeah, radiation damage, alternate 21st century Earth history about the ozone.
0: Yep. Um
2: I there not know, dog.
0: Look, ozone troubles could come back.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh there's some stuff in there, but I didn't like most of it, I gave it a two.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying we could make the ozone great again let's in this do, country. That's right, let's do it. <laughs> I mean it's it's we're just on the verge of that right now. <laughs> uh Ben gave it a two also in world building. Which again kinda makes sense. Yeah. World this is building. a planet of the week episode, right?
2: Yes. So we aren't gonna see these dick balls again. And anything that happens there doesn't really matter. So that's always um, a tough
0: situation. In terms of characterization, I felt like in this episode, everybody was just a little bit off. Mm. Like, Picard is extremely shouty.
2: Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll talk about that.
0: Crusher is playing the kidnapped kids angle way too cool.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: she's the voice of reason in that staff meeting.
2: Yeah, they get in the room with all the parents and some other frizzy-headed bitch stands up and is like, my
0: fucking kids! Uh, yep. they stole my redhead and Beverly's like listen everybody the the captain he's got this which was very much not her attitude when Wesley was going to be executed yeah uh by the by the Edo
2: you're right either she has learned to cool it a little bit or it's just an inconsistent writing.
0: like um Wesley solves his problems through passive resistance despite the fact that he had fucking admin access to the custodian and it would have been much more in character for Wesley to come up with a technological solution. It's true,
2: and you start to get the feeling he's maybe going to do that when he's asking all those questions about it in the beginning, but you're right. He... Just,
0: he just uses it to get all the kids together to talk about Gandhi.
2: Yeah, they just abandoned that. Yeah,
0: um, And then everybody else gets their one Little League line in. I mean, Troy tells Picard there are people there 18 seconds before the planet uncloaks. It's very useless. It's exactly the same as Beverly coming in last week and saying, hey, it's weird that Admiral Jameson's not giving me his test results right. <laughs> yeah, one minute we just before he freaks, eat, eat a bunch of pills, and then tell everybody, "Hey, I ate some pills." <laughs> um, hey, are you saying are the, the only, writing's?
2: Are you saying the writing's not good?
0: It's not consistent. Ugh. The only thing that I felt was really on brand here for Star Trek was that uh, Picard decides to stay and help the kidnappers at the end.
2: Yeah, try to fix their dumb society. Like,
0: that's the only on-brand thing, and I, that saved it for me a little bit. It pulled it up to a four. Yeah,
2: I also gave it a four. Uh, Riker made boner eyes at that blonde chick when she came on the main viewer. Of course he, he made was. his Riker boner eyes. Um, but he also made boner eyes about the myth of Aldea.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, uh,
2: okay, but then, once they show up, Riker becomes on-the-ball suspicious Riker almost immediately. He gives them his, uh, little squint. And he's like, what? why are these guys so nice? What's happening? Um, dude, Picard was so pumped to talk to boner freaks. About Aldea. Mm-hmm. it was like his favorite part of the day. He was waiting all day to tell.
0: Riker about oh he's, this shit! He's on his way to the bridge now. <laughs> is he in the turbo lift?
2: I can't wait till he gets here. Let
0: me know. Let me know. Uh,
2: to your point, is Picard so shouty at the Aldeans because he's trying to impress Beverly?
0: Oh, this is a good question. It's yeah. a fair question
2: at the very least. Is he like, oh, she's gonna love. She's gonna love this. Hey, hey you, hey, you guys. You don't take our. You don't take our little boy, Wesley. I'm really that's, mad about it.
0: That's what you're supposed to feel like about children, right?
2: That's <laughs> right, he doesn't know. He's always Right Riker. Of, kind of an ass around children, you know. Yeah. Um Looking at this show critically is kind of making me reevaluate Troy a little bit. Because while Riker and Crusher make dagger faces at the Aldeans when they propose their trade, Troy tries super hard to be diplomatic and be like, Oh, that thing you just said that made my co workers make viper eyebrows at you is definitely not bonkers. However, (laughs) like, at least one person is playing it cool in that meeting. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, She's like, "Mm, humans are unusually attached to their children. (laughs) Which is, by the way, a weird thing to say. That's not her fault, a writer put that in her mouth, but it's weird.
2: Well, I think they're trying to be like, she is being, like, so diplomatic to these people. Like, you are not crazy at all for saying that, but we can't do it.
0: Yes, I think she's supposed to be competent, and the trouble is that no one knows how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows what her powers are, Right? how much of it is just her regular professionalism and intelligence.
2: Because in when the guys were like, well, well, just take your kids, it's not a big deal, why are you being such a little whiner about it? Riker and Crusher looked like they were going to stand up and start phasering.
0: No, for sure. So. Riker was definitely looking for a clone of himself that he could murder. <laughs>
2: Uh, he'll, he'll he'll finally start to get permission to do that when Pulowski shows up. He'll finally someone will show up who has the same ideas as him. Yeah. Um, we already have families. Was so delightfully deadpan by mm-hmm. Will Wheaton. I don't know if it was on purpose or because he can't read or what it was, but <laughs>
0: that's something.
2: Dude, Crusher is. It in was Cape- a lot
0: better than. Uh, You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Adults.
2: Um and although crusher was um pretty cool in that staff meeting with the parents before that she is she was kind of i had here written down crusher is incapable of being cool for any minutes at all yeah, new, new york minutes hot minutes none of the minutes
0: it's not realistic it was just not the same character yeah so this, the only thing that would make sense is if there had been like a 10 second cutaway Earlier, where we'd seen her injecting herself with something—that's right, Stam- yeah, she just stims like, it up. Oh, I took about five volumes, so <laughs> now I can handle this scenario.
2: So Troy's reasonable behavior was the only thing that rose it, that floated it up to a four for me.
0: I mean, this is a situation in which it would be difficult to be a professional, but she makes the only attempt.
2: Yes, exactly right. <clears throat>
0: um, so in the back half, um. Uh, I gave this episode uh, 7 points, you gave this episode 6 points, Ben gave this episode 6 points. Wow, wow. So, real low scores across the board uh, for this episode, and um, yeah. the total is 27, but uh, I had some thoughts, I had some quick hitters. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we already talked about an understanding of basic calculus, but uh, Harry's dad's a little rough with the boy, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I got questions.
0: He um he manhandles him a little bit to okay. get him out of that encounter with Riker. <laughs> yep. Um
2: Yeah, I when, have I have here written down Harry's dad is definitely beating him, right?
0: Oh for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Riker is describing the Aldeans and how they just concentrate on art and culture and all their basic needs are met, it, isn't he describing the Federation? Yeah. Like it
1: again. How can the they writing... not have
0: been making that parallel? It's so It's so terrifying. It's
2: unfortunate that the writing is not smart enough that we are supposed to be thinking that. Like, that we are not supposed to be sitting there going, oh, he's going to get it in a minute. Riker's going to get it. It's about him. Yep. That's definitely not going to happen because the writing's not good and the writers didn't realize they were making the parallel.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, Wouldn't this uh, cloaking device only hide the planet from people looking at it? I mean, they talk about it's electromagnetic. What about it's gravity and shit? Yeah. Like, is that all they got? Uh, it's just They just got telescopes?
2: I don't know, they followed some breadcrumbs? Did, what did they say? How did they yeah, find it? those were
0: left intentionally by the Aldeans to lure them in. Okay, yeah,
2: I don't know, yeah.
0: So it's like, it seems like you couldn't just cloak a planet by making it invisible. You'd be like, hey, everything in space is attracted to this point.
2: Yeah, you'd, yeah by the way, you'd think that would be like Data's jam.
0: Isn't that how they're going to find that Dyson sphere later?
2: That's how they find a lot of shit.
0: That's all I'm saying.
2: That's how we find shit today, by the way. That's how we find every planet today.
0: Uh, this is the only time in all of the history of Star Trek, uh, when the two LDNs come aboard, that anyone is worried that someone beaming over isn't going through the decontamination routine. <laughs> People hella beam over using their own transporters all the time and nobody says shit, but this time Crusher's got a problem with it. Real. Um, Lots of cardboard on the science stations in the back to block the glare. Very visible in <laughs> high-definition Re-release. I didn't notice that. Where they just put a bunch of black cardboard on the shits, <laughs> so you can't see the glare from the lights.
2: Oh, uh, nice. A good solution. It is.
0: Uh, oh, I asked if the redhead was the same girl who spit on Kirk's face in Miri. Maybe and she's then, got one of those does, Webster diseases? Does that mean she's some kind of time wizard?
1: Oh.
0: Um, did they mace all of the actors playing Aldeans about ten minutes before filming? Because they were all very bloodshot and sickly looking. And I realized that they are supposed to be.
2: Yeah, was that an intentional effect?
0: But it worked for me to that extent. In fact, I would almost go back and give it an execution point for that because they did look sickly.
2: Yeah, ragu, the blonde chick, all of them—they kind of they all. I—I
0: like... I mean, really, I think they might have been pepper sprayed. I cannot imagine that that was makeup.
2: <laughs> do you ever um, do you ever cook with like red pepper flakes or anything?
0: Yeah, sometimes. I like yeah. spicy food.
2: And, like, when you you put that shit in the pan, like, suddenly the air becomes spicy. <laughs> and you start coughing and going, what the fuck? And you can't <laughs> stay in the kitchen or whatever. Maybe that maybe that's what happened. They were cooking some spicy red pepper meals.
0: That's probably what it was. Red, it was probably red pepper meals. <laughs> they were probably doing a real-life Yonoid reenactment. Yeah, it's a,
2: like, yuck, red pepper, I can't eat that.
0: It's the kind of experimental theater that you get into when you can devote yourself fully to art. Uh... Can we quit so, our
2: jobs yet? When can we quit yeah. our jobs? Because I desperately want to create a fucking off-Broadway musical about you annoyed.
0: Oh, that would be great. Oh, no one would come to see it, but it would be amazing.
2: It would be... I want that. I want to make it.
0: Uh, what is the Aldean game plan? I've asked this before. I know their shield is pretty good, but if the Federation knows where the planet is, like, s- sooner or later they're going to get through, right?
2: Yeah, you'd think like, so.
0: They're going to kidnap these kids and then just hold them off forever?
2: I think, I don't know how good their powers are. They weren't able to fling the Enterprise pretty far, and they threatened the ability to fling it much farther.
0: That's super cool and everything, but couldn't, I mean, couldn't you just, couldn't you just do some mass drivers against the planet?
2: Oh, you mean just take them down?
0: Just, just go nuts. Yeah. Like if it, uh, if the Federation was a total war kind of place, yeah,
2: these uh, the engineers are pretty good in the Federation. I assume they f- figure it out.
0: Fuck with their son in some way. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, what's the end game? You're not going to move your whole planet away.
2: Yeah, you're, but you're right. Though it's not a total war kind of place. They probably just drop a buoy.
0: <laughs> they probably would, would probably like- to get the death penalty if you go near there. They took some kids. Don't go near these guys. <laughs> um. How dope would it have been if Harry had turned around and lasered his <laughs> afro-having dad? Oh, right in the face! He just gave him the sculpting laser, and he's like, fuck you! <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> that would have been brutal. That would have been awesome!
0: I'm escaping! But, oh,
2: no, okay. Really f- fucked up. He turns his face into a dolphin.
0: Yeah, he d- gives him a dolphin face, for real. That would be amazing. Um, now you're a dolphin. Wesley's new mom is not excited about his intellectual curiosity. She really gives him a look like, what's with all the gay questions, gay wad? <laughs> right. When he wants to know about the custodian, etc. What, like, what's behind that panel? Yeah, she's just, just like, oh, fucking A.
2: Yeah, she's like, oh man, you're asking all these crazy questions. I have no idea. And like he literally asked, what is the power source? And what happens if it's broken and they need to fix it?
0: When they get to the big offer, that these guys are gonna make in exchange for the children. Yeah. It is straight up maps. I know. Even in Civ two, I the know. enemy never wants your maps. I
2: know. You're like, hey, you wanna give me uh give me this technology this advanced technology? I got some sweet maps. I've got maps of the
0: world. And the
2: guy goes, Yeah, no, I'm no.
0: I'm and this guy's this guy's big offer is information on parts of the galaxy you haven't been to. And I mean <laughs> Like, That's poor. That's a poor offer.
2: Uh, really? Do you have maps on M thirty three? Because I've been there.
0: Assholes. They must have looked in the enterprise computer and been like, "Oh fuck!" The only thing that we've got that they don't got is this shield, and <laughs> we don't know how it works. That's right. Like, do we have? Do we have shit? Can we offer them all our stories? No, this isn't that Voyager episode.
2: No, no pervy, no pervy Europeans here to take the stories.
0: Oh boy. Um, three days away at warp nine. Ahead. is farther than the Enterprise has ever been from anything in this series. <laughs> I think that's right.
2: And that and was we've just the never
0: seen them three days away from something at Warp 9.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they flung them real far.
0: Yeah. Uh, That old man stole Spock's harp. Oh, yeah, he did!
2: The musician just daddy! In the background. Yeah, fuck that guy. He probably did steal it, too. They're a bunch of little fucking thieves.
0: Yep. Um... Uh, one of my fa- one of Picard's most quotable lines happens in this episode. Things are only impossible until they're not
2: yeah he's still real shouty in that scene too
0: someone wrote that on paper <laughs> yeah uh Wesley's sweater seems to be coming apart doesn't look like it was well made why doesn't when harry is is conflicted about staying, why doesn't Wesley tell him there's fucking wood on the enterprise? I know. Like we got wood, we got lasers. We can do all of this.
2: They already by the way, they already taught you how to do it, so. Yeah. Now they're disposable.
0: The aliens are like 5 years ahead of the Federation at best technologically.
2: I, that's that I think that's right.
0: Um and then um again, though uh thank god that the Enterprise runs into a more or less reasonable antagonist. Yeah. Like again, the, these guys are like, "Oh, we're going to barter for your children."
2: That's what's fun about TNG. Even the bad guys are pretty evolved.
0: It's like in how an angel won. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's a good thing she's totally reasonable.
2: That's right. Your your very stupid speech got through to her.
0: And then uh, here's my here's the most serious and lasting question that this episode left me with. Do you think that the Eldeans did this because they heard that Picard let the Bynars off after they stole the Enterprise?
2: Well, they can't be getting a good reputation among international thieves and villains. I mean, international interstellar thieves and villains. Like... This is definitely the place to go if you want to get away with shit.
0: I mean, it's got basically the same defense, right? Which is, we really needed it. Yeah. We, we... really need these kids. And if so... we asked,
2: you might have said no. Which, in yeah. this case, you said no.
0: Um, That is what I had for for my quick hitters. I know that was a lot.
2: Yeah. Um. So, not only are all myths true, they're all <laughs>
0: always true before the opening credits roll. Mm-hmm. They're immediately true. Um, um, okay, uh, this is not the case uh, with Kalus, but we'll learn that that myth is not true. That's right, that's not a true myth. Well, no, is it? Tr- I don't know, it's hard to say what's true about it. Oh, you know, it isn't.
2: depends on your perspective. <laughs> um,
0: we'll get to that in 15 years. <laughs> yes.
2: Musical score really gives away the game in this episode. The suspicious music starts up before they even do anything weird, like as soon yep. as they show up. The music gets all, oh, I don't know about these guys.
0: Oh, also, the little girl plays some music that we've heard before, but this time it's uh, diegetic or whatever.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Dianetics by. Uh, by well,
0: this uh, time, the characters can hear the music. And then the guy's like, play something happy, and then she's like, I don't I don't,
1: I feel, don't, happy. Feel, mm, happy. don't feel happy.
2: Uh, so, this is not a mystery show. This is a very obvious show. Um, yeah. It was scary at first. But I didn't really feel anything. I think that's Wesley describing him being deflowered, I think.
0: Yep, by Picard.
2: Yeah. Um, Please, please tell me that Rochella is 18 years old. Mm. Please. She was the last one born on that planet. If this was TOS, they definitely would have told us she was specifically 18. She definitely
0: would have been a fresh, hot (laughs) 18-year-old.
2: And Riker would have fucked her, because he's supposed to be Kirk or whatever. Um... Dude, it doesn't take the custodian to figure out Wesley's the ringleader. He's the only kid you took over the age of nine. That's true. Like, yeah, he's the ringleader. Don't ask custodian. You should know that already. <laughs> um, Yeah, Harry's dad wants to know why none of the black or brown children are taken. And now that I think of it, I'm wondering the same thing. Uh, This blonde chick on the planet, the 18-year-old, the hot 18-year-old, uh, she went rogue in about 35 seconds.
0: Oh yeah, she instantly was like No, I'm keeping this kid This is my
2: kid now, your plan got, is your plan My plan is mine, it's every man for himself
0: I got biological clock style feelings about this child <laughs> So, fuck the plan Yep, your plan's dumb Kidnap another goddamn kid, I don't care um, Here's here, like I love when the writers go ahead
2: and point out The plot hole for us Because they know we're going to get to it It's like, uh, yeah, I guess their shields suck you think they'd have good shields, oh well is kind yep. of the explanation that we're given about why their shields suck.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's
2: like, because they knew we were going to... Wait, if they're super advanced, how come their shields aren't good? They just have the characters say it. Um, Ragu, king of the pointies, or whatever his name is, uh, asks the same question I always ask. Why does Dr. Crusher have to be in this meeting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is right, he is on point. I was like, yeah, no, good question. Yep. Um, It's hard to tell when the characters themselves are bad actors because the actual real-life actors are so bad. So it took me a while to catch on that Beverly and Wesley were playing a a charade.
0: Oh, yeah. In
2: their secret meeting because the acting was the regular level of Wooden.
0: She gives him that SWAT team nod, which he knows means go scan that bitch.
2: Yeah, but I think we were supposed to go, oh, dang, these guys suck at pretending.
0: How great would it have been if he had turned around and thrown that scanner at the woman instead? Like (laughs) Like he misunderstood the plan. That's what you wanted me to do, right?
2: (laughs) let's escape <laughs> uh, um, but you know what I mean though like I think we were supposed to go oh dang these guys suck at pretending but then the question is why <laughs> yes. why did you write them to be bad at pretending
0: incidentally later we will learn that Beverly is the ship's acting coach just... and theater director so
2: almost all the things that happen on did TNG... she
0: not feel good about her performance on Aldea <laughs> and now she's like oh, okay
2: now it's her new favorite hobby
0: I mean, we'll see this again with Jordy and the Crimson Shield in Samaritan Snare. <sighs> yep, in oh, just about a year. Like yeah. we're less. We're probably only about a year from that one.
2: Yeah, that one's um, that one's a realistically far amount away. But, but I just everything that happens in TNG leaves me wondering why. Just why? <laughs> why are we doing this? Uh, okay, so the Aldeans have crazy powers, right? So just sent the Enterprise a-, a tumbling three days away at maximum warp. Claim they can send them tens of thousands of light years away just as easily, right? Uh
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why did they take Enterprises' kids? Why? This is just the first ship that ever came along? Why not take them from, like, a school somewhere or something? Maybe on a planet? Like, 10,000 of them. Take, like, 10,000 kids. I don't know. I'm confused by this version of we're the only ship in the sector.
0: I guess their transporters aren't as good as their repulsor beam. It's just...
2: I mean, we know why. It's so that the Enterprise could be in this plot. I just... Yes. I, I just... Okay.
0: Well, look, they only want the good kids. And I know, I know. Just from some random dipshit school on some farm colony.
2: But they could have taken like 10,000 kids! They All could
0: right. have taken a lot of kids. Okay.
2: Um. Hey, why did that conversation about the shield weakness ever come up? If Data was going to spend the rest of the episode telling Picard it was impossible to beat the shields.
0: Yep. It feels like it's from an earlier draft and then they cut out part.
2: I, they're like, well before it, they're like, oh the shields, I got a weakness, we can catch, we can do something about this, and then later on, Data's like, these shields are pretty unbeatable.
0: So, I don't know, man, it'd take like years, but we could still beam through them. We knew that already, but we could still do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, when Wesley gets out of bed to do spy shit.
0: He's got his boots and everything on.
2: Yeah, but he looks over at the empty other side of the bed like, oh, good, nobody's here.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Who was in that bed with him? Who would have been in the bed?
2: His, There's nothing else on that side of the room. It's just the wall.
0: His new mom would have been in that bed. I don't like because it. Because they don't know how parenting works on that planet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, know, I didn't like that at all. Uh, yeah, Harry is hella torn between the wood and his mean daddy. But, but what about the wood? <laughs> Uh, Wesley
0: should know they can make some wood up there. Like,
2: yeah, hey
0: dog, we got wood. We're cool on wood. We can go to Earth and get a tree. We don't. What are we
2: doing? Uh, hey, hey, Wesley, it's not passive resistance when you compel somebody weaker than you to do it.
0: That's a very good point.
2: Like they have to decide to resist. I when think. the girl
0: reaches for the food and you're like, no, and grab her arm, it's not passive resistance. <laughs> yeah. Now you're starving a child.
2: Yeah, you're you're kind of a little asshole now. Um, but that's all I had for quick, This yeah. is his
0: first attempt at fomenting a rebellion, so... It's
2: true, he's very advanced in a lot of ways. Yeah. But that's maybe not one of them.
0: He's not, he's not, you know, he's space-time Mozart. He's not politics Mozart. I agree. Uh, I gave best actor in this episode to holding back laughter LaForge. The button on the end of this episode is very stupid, but... Yeah. Uh, Once again, as the only actor on the cast other than Patrick Stewart, Geordi is the only one who does a good job of looking like...
2: Compelling in emotion? He sees the thing
0: on the back of Picard and he wants to laugh, but he's not gonna. Yeah. And uh, worst actor is, it's the children they're interested in, Riker, who... I mean, Riker's barely in this episode, but he goes down there, they tell him they want the kids, they beam back up, all the kids are gone... And he's like, I want the kids. Yeah, that's why they took them.
2: <laughs> it's very good, yes. Hey, it took C- a Congratulations,
0: long. asshole. It
2: took him a long time to figure that out. <laughs>
0: um. So again, I gave it a 13, you gave it a 14. Ooh. It's a total of 27, so it's below the Galileo 7. Ineligible to win the week. Uh, did score two points better than too short a season, but...
2: It's been a while since they did a good one, though, right? Uh, TNG's
0: been in a little bit of a slide. Yeah. Um, Datalore was the last win for TNG, and I was so angry that you made <laughs> 21 points. <laughs> and Datalore won instead of the second part of the Menagerie, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I know which one I'd rather watch again. Uh, so, not great. Not great, TNG. Get it together. um i mean we'll get to it at the end next week is home soil i'm super looking oh
1: shit (laughs)
0: by the way not a good episode no
1: but i can't wait we'll not
0: score high but i'm super looking forward to it because it's very stupid it is a baffling Um, episode but we watched three more episodes this week uh including the forsaken Once again, that's the best part of the episode. Yeah. I mean...
2: Yeah, the usual bummer that we had to watch a Deep Space Nine episode. Happened. Yeah,
0: it's... um, Look, some week they're going to turn around and win. Yeah. We all know it must happen. There's, they made like 170 of them. At some point, they're going to win a week.
2: Well, yeah, eventually, TOS will drop off. Enterprise will drop off. It's just going to be TNG, Voyager, and DS9 battling it out for the rest of those seasons.
0: It's going to happen. However, I don't think it's going to be this week. A bunch of ambassadors are on Deep Space Nine, and of course, Cisco doesn't care.
2: Dude. Okay, we'll get into it. Go on.
0: One of them is Luaxana Troy, and she takes an interest in Odo. O'Brien hates the computer. A probe appears at the wormhole, and of course, once they talk to it, something breaks down. Mm. In this case, the turbo lift carrying Odo and Luaxana Troy. O'Brien's big theory is that the computer is trying to get his attention, then that it's like a dog, and he needs to build it a doghouse that works i guess yeah
2: boy oh boy everything you've said in there it's just there's it's loaded with things that we can we can complain about hey just to start um how many tng characters have we already seen in season one of deep space nine all we of them right
0: most of them we have seen fuck uh, we only we've seen picard we've seen Q. we've seen vosh
2: we've vosh seen... come on I
0: mean, she's in two episodes of we The
2: We needed Generation. Vosh? We needed Loxana Troy? Why? Yeah,
0: it's very poor. All right. Um, it's okay. Some other n- real no-name characters are going to eventually make their way into Deep Space Nine. We're not done with it yet.
2: No. Here's what I got. There's somebody out there for everybody. Or uh, even a lone wolf needs somebody to talk to. I don't know. It's not really anything. I gave it a two.
0: Yeah um here's my hot take do it do it if you just spend a little time with an irritating asshole you (laughs) might make a new friend
2: oh man you stuck with a cynical take
0: three points look what's it about about nothing the ambassadors hate bashir bashir hates the ambassadors odo hates loxana troy then these assholes all get stuck together then at the end odo and loxana troy understand each other or whatever and the ambassadors are all like, you keep an eye on that Bashir, he's a good egg.
2: Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. guess he
0: likes them too, it's not clear.
2: Yeah, we agree, it's not about anything, it's a character episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no big premise here, It's I guess it's just don't be judgy. Like, just don't judge. Don't judge people.
2: There you go, hey, that, there we go! Hey dude, we found it!
0: Is this episode Don't Judge People? Don't judge okay, people! I have to think about what that's worth.
2: It's still worth two to me.
0: Okay, I'll leave it at <laughs> <to> three.
2: <laughs> But I think, you yeah, that was good. That was a good one. There you go. See, we just had to talk that one out. Uh, <clears throat> that was the see. less cynical version of the thing that you said.
0: So for execution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys all get paired up. Even O'Brien gets paired up with his irritating computer. God, anyway. If this was an episode about loneliness hmm. as the title and the working title for this episode, which was only the lonely, by the way.
2: Yeah, and by the way, what does the Forsaken even mean?
0: I don't know. What does it mean? It's people who have been forsaken, I guess.
2: By who? Okay, anyway. By
0: society. It doesn't matter. But if okay. this was an episode about loneliness, they should have done a lot more to explain Luoxana.
2: Yes. Yes. Like, they didn't... Oh, yeah, we'll get into it that. It doesn't make sense. We'll get into that. Uh,
0: so I had it as a four on execution of the premise, and if if we had a score that was just quality of the episode, <laughs> this one would be a 0
2: You're for sure it sucked a it, dick! It's
0: very bad to watch... Yeah. It's just bad. Yeah, 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 Like, we learn a couple of sort of interesting things about Odo.
1: hmm
0: Odo comes off the best in this episode of anybody, and I guess the Walks on a Troy comes off as fairly sympathetic. Yeah. Though, not before she's an irritant for 25 minutes. Right. But, uh... It's just a, it's a real bummer. I i did not enjoy this episode.
2: Me neither. Hey, just in, let's do a quick ranking of the episodes this week. Which was your least favorite to watch?
0: Oh, this one. This one was my yeah, least favorite to watch.
2: This was a real problem. Yeah. I'm so sick of crazy things happening on this station. We talked about this last time. I'm so sick of them being like, well, we can't go explore, so weird shit has to come to us. It's so dumb that every week some kind of weird phenomenon comes and messes all that shits up.
0: Bejor is the worst place in the universe.
2: Yeah, stay away from there. This
0: star system is is shitty.
2: Yeah. It's
0: just shitty. And by the way, sometimes it's shitty in ways that are not wormhole related.
2: Yep, <laughs> that's right. Sometimes it's just randomly shitty. Uh, I also gave it a four on execution. Uh, in the terms of the premise that I had there, Odo is in a weird position having to vent and reveal his gooeyest self in front of a stranger. But I guess it wasn't a stranger, it was the lady who was lusting after him the rest of the episode. Uh, Anyway, she takes off her hair, and then compares that to Odo being raised (laughs) in a science lab, and never meeting another of his kind.
0: That's very insensitive. It's not great. She's not even bald under there, she just has black hair? I
2: didn't even really get what it was about. It's not that she doesn't have hair, right? It's just that she doesn't know who she is, so she has to change her look up?
0: Oh well, she's just she's just always so worried about how society perceives her blah yeah, blah, blah, blah really blah, blah. not a great comparison it's it's hard to be beautiful yeah, is she, what she's saying, yeah in some terms,
2: but hey, you know, it's nice that he was allowed to be vulnerable for once, so i don't I don't really mind that um here here we go. O'Brien presents his entire theory without even a shred of evidence, yep, I didn't count how many times he said I think. I'd say, I'm guessing, but it was a fucking ton.
0: He has evidence he had a puppy once.
2: And that every computer is different, and you get to know them after you work with them for a while. Is that what it's like in Star Trek? Is this world building? Should I be giving them world building points for this? It's fucking ridiculous. You know what? I give it a three.
0: (laughs) You're downgrading it to a three? I give it a
2: three. I'm so mad (laughs) at it.
0: (laughs) Well, it earned it. That's
2: dumpster meat, for sure.
0: Um yeah uh at the top half not great i gave i've given it seven you've given it five uh here's what ben has to say about it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. his take is uh the episode title makes it sound like the probe is the a plot but it really isn't uh the take is something more about depending on the care and understanding of other people mm. which he says is at least a star trek take sure execution oh no if odo doesn't get back to his bucket in time uh, what happens? It's a clumsy way of making stakes and getting stuck in the elevator is a post-shark Happy Days plotline.
1: Yes,
2: it is.
0: That's what he said, but he gave it a six and a five.
2: Hey, I mean, again, I guess those aren't great numbers, but they're, they're not compared great, to what we gave.
0: But like a lot better than our our takes, our yeah. our top half. So his is basically if you add yours and mine together. <laughs> yes. Yep. <yeah. laughs> Close. Um, world building. Mm, I have. One and only one All thing. right, you go first, then. And it's a question, and you know that's not great. Mm. Oda was reared in a Bajoran laboratory. Yeah. Why not a Cardassian one? Mm. Like, mm. why did the Cardassians just let the Bajorans...
2: I have questions about have the this occupation weirdo guy, huh? all the time. Like when that guy lived on that moon for 40 years, and I went, wait, how did he get there? That was during the occupation. They didn't mind him being there. They never questioned it. They never sent a dude there to be like, what's all going on on this moon? Is this a terrorist training camp?
0: We found a being that can change shapes at will. Let yeah. the Bajorans deal with
2: it. <laughs> yeah, let them handle it. We're, we don't have time. Um, we really don't have the bandwidth for this right now. I'm
0: Gold Dukat, and I've got other things to do.
2: Yeah. That's a very good question. Uh,
0: but otherwise, it's a pure bottle episode, so there's really no world building in this one. Uh, oh, really? I, I gave it a two, but uh, let's hear what you had to yeah, say.
2: that's what you think. All right, so for one, I think it's finally confirmed that they're Ferengi sex programs.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that was in I, doubt.
2: No, you know, I'm not sure we've really gotten to the bottom of it yet. <laughs> you know what, I'll hold out. I'll hold out for more proof. Um, okay, continuity points for them remembering Betazoids can't read Ferengi minds? Negative continuity points. And they introduce
0: Adopterian just for fun.
2: Negative continuity points for bringing up the TNG episode, Menage Troy.
0: Oh, and by the way, I super hated that she's like, I was kind of into him.
2: Yeah. Even
0: though he kidnapped and stripped me and my daughter.
2: Yeah, what is that supposed to say about her as a role model? One. I was
0: like, I kind of, I kind of liked it.
2: And two, that sort of changes my perception of Menage Troy. Yeah,
0: which well, is an episode that I hate and hate to watch.
2: I know, I'm not looking forward to that
0: one. <laughs> There's one and only one good thing about that episode, and it is those awesome chimes.
2: Yo, they, those are the best, man. Um, But you just mentioned the Dopterians, so that's something, right? Distant <laughs> I, relatives of the Ferengis. I guess. Um, also- you know,
0: you know what, though? I actually think that is something. I have to give it another point.
2: Hold on, though. Why doesn't this word processing program underline Dopterians as a misspelling? That's a very good question. Is this a real word? What does it mean? Uh, Define uh, Dupt- Yeah, let's get to the bottom of this because I was baffled. I kept expecting it to be like, no, that ain't real. But
0: All of the definitions seem to be from memory alpha. It
2: it it doesn't understand Loxana, but it does understand doptarians.
0: Um I mean there's Dipteran. That's pretty <laughs> close. <laughs> That means um, of, or relating to, or being a fly. Oh, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: Um, Alright, how about this? Odo's hairstyles based on the guy who studied him. Is that worth points? I mean, that's
0: fun. It's in my quick hitters. I don't consider it world building. That's
2: not points for you. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> his regeneration cycle and all that stuff?
0: Uh, covered it. We've covered okay, it already. Okay,
2: okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, how about a bipolar torch? That's nothing. Okay. So there's not a ton here, but there was it was backstory stuff for a main character, which means it's valuable for the inner workings of this world because he will come back and we might learn more about Bajoran laboratory Odo times or bipolar torches. I, I, g- that- I give it a five. I cannot believe this is a five. It's a five in world building. No, you talking- know what? No, no, no,
0: no, it's a four.
2: It's a four because I don't feel like we've confirmed that there's francky sex programs yet.
0: <laughs> okay. One day we'll know for sure. Yes. Um, You actually talked me up from a two to a three. Boom. Because it is interesting that uh, in the future they study the relationships between sentient species, which I think would be pretty controversial now. Yeah. The idea that the Dopterians are cousins of the Ferengi in some way, and have a similar brain structure.
2: It does feel like we're kind of classifying them like animals, and yes. Yeah, I don't, a little I don't, bit. I don't think people would be very into it.
0: I bet, I bet people but again, refer to Ferengi women as females all the time. Oh wait, the Ferengis do. Ra-
2: racist racist alien stuff is like just everywhere in Star Trek. Everyone's a racial stereotype, and everyone refers to every other alien in terms of racial stereotypes. So... That's par for the course.
0: Yeah, Characterization, here's what, dog. Here's what I had. Um, we get folksy dog wisdom from O'Brien.
2: Fuck him.
0: Almost all of the character work in this one is Odo, by the way. And he's fine. He's nothing new, but he's fine.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Cisco has amazing senioritis.
2: <laughs> he really hates this job. He is,
0: he's so, he's so checked out. He's checked out in every conceivable way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird when you consider this is only week 16 and you're like, oh boy. Uh,
0: and then I just wanted to commend uh, Dax for getting through all of her lines without slipping on a banana peel in this one.
2: Oh, fuck. I forgot she was in it.
0: She doesn't have much to do, but like, if you don't notice Dax, that's reasonable. Um, I I had it at about a four. I mean, I think Odo did good work, but I hate this version of Cisco.
2: I also gave it a four. And I had typical Cisco avoiding his responsibilities and sending a junior officer to do his job.
0: Just in an insane way. It's just insane that he sent the lowest ranked officer on his staff to deal with four ambassadors. Seems
2: pretty clear he's trying to get fired. Mm, I think so. And it's just not working because guess what? No one reads the logs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not gonna work, buddy. You can keep fucking up all you want. No one will ever know. <laughs> um, also, he tells a weird old story about space rape yeah i didn't i don't really know what was happening there yep uh Bashir is not great at telling convincing lies no uh but he competently saves those ambassadors, so that's nice uh O'Brien remains an unlikable fellow as yeah. compared to his friendly t n g character
0: yeah, they burned him
2: in d s nine he always seems like he's the O'Brien whose body was taken over by aliens in power play.
0: I think that's the only episode the writers saw. They like, I, Ira, was Bear, Ira Bear, or whoever, wrote Power Play, and then he <laughs> was the showrunner for Deep Space Nine, and he forgot that that's not real O'Brien. Yeah, because he's just
2: kind of a jerk.
0: He's always telling babies to shut up. It's it's awful.
2: <laughs> O'Brien had a pup once. That's in there, too. Um, he does
0: say, I had a pup.
2: Odo is uncomfortable with romance, obviously. Um, he also picked up the human expression, good lord. <laughs> Then all of the Odo history and the turbo lift and all that all that stuff is vulnerabilities and worries.
0: Wait, let's back up on that for a second. That's gonna be a, a Rene Aubergenois
2: ad lib, right? It has to be. There's no way no, they wrote for Odo to say good lord.
0: Definitely no writer put on paper.
2: Good lord. Because <laughs> he straight up looks into the sky. Good Lord. And I went, "Mm, nope, that's not, not, you can't get it past me, I'm watching this.
0: You're still, you're, you're, this is, it's bleeding through from M.A.S.H. or something. (laughs) It's one of the other shows you were on, because you're the actor on this series.
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you know, I think maybe the reason they end up going to the well so much with him and Quark is because they have two actors. And they're yes. like, I think eventually they go, look, we got two. Unfortunately, we made them have bad characters. Yes, we, we did gotta, the
0: worst job, but. Still. We got to
2: keep going back to them because we can't watch Dax anymore. So uh, that's all I had. It was a four as well. So
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm going to do the math, but you must have some quick hitters.
2: What is this fact-finding mission to the wormhole that these ambassadors are doing? What uh, facts are these old ladies hoping to find?
0: That's a very good question.
2: Uh oh goddamn it's uh Mrs. Troy. I think we're supposed to root for Loaxana's Ferengi racism. In every I think so episode, too. I think we're supposed to be like, yeah, fucking dumb Ferengi trolls.
0: Well, they got off to a real a real rough start.
2: Just saying, they're not all the same. Didn't Dr. Rega prove that? Or has he yet to, is he yet to prove that? Oh, it's next yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, a, oh, that's a late sixth season episode. So he probably hasn't proved So has we improved. have not chronologically gotten to that.
2: Um, I think the Vulcan ambassador played the husband of the Vulcan scientist in TNG's Suspicions.
0: Oh shit, could that be true?
2: I think he saw the other lady play a Vulcan...
0: By which you mean he oh, will he play will. her husband in T.O.G. Suspicion, <sighs> the about Dr. Rega episode. Yeah, there's
2: a lot going on here. Which,
0: this is week 16, that episode could have been filming, like, the next week or something.
2: In terms of pure meaningless trivia, there is a lot going on here. Um, that Bajoran technician got a name and lines.
0: Yeah, she got a bunch of lines.
2: I was—I kept expecting something to it's happen like, is with this.
0: That? Is there going to be a Seska arc or something with her? Except I remember Deep Space Nine, and there's not.
2: No. Um, I think Loxana is like Kivas Fajo, except that she wants to fuck all of her rare possessions.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it.
2: All that I hear you're the only one of your kind. Shit was a little too pervy for me. Uh, Odo calls Ops to declare that his turbo lift is stuck. And Kira replies by telling him that she's detecting a turbo lift failure.
0: That's very helpful. So
2: he's extremely, extremely helpful. I'm glad he. I'm sure he was glad he got Kira on the line when he called. Yeah.
0: Um, he, it was very patient. I mean, he he has a history with Kira. He likes Kira. Yeah. But it's very patient of him not to say, Can I talk to Chief O'Brien? <laughs> or even Dax? Can I just.
2: Just uh is that Frankly
0: frankly even Cisco.
2: Is that technician around? I wanna to talk to her.
0: Is, is there anyone there in a green Bajoran uniform?
2: <laughs> that explosion and the fire graphics with the ambassadors were terrible.
0: Yes, I said it was 20 times worse than Kira's fiery death fantasy.
2: I mean, oh my God, it was terrible.
0: It was very bad. Did they forget that they needed to have that effect? And then they're like, oh, we only have $55 left. <laughs>
2: it was, uh, I was and very... one day. We have
0: one day and $55. I was
2: very embarrassed when that happened. Um, and Loxana makes a yuck sentence at the end of the episode that I won't repeat. She makes a yuck sentence with her mouth. She says yuck words. About sex stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, probably. Some. Um, uh, I have some quick hitters too. Yeah. Uh, first, I wrote, Oh, good, they finally let Loxana Troy off her leash, which I guess was sarcastic. Good job. I should just, I have to remember that I'm not going to read these for like a week. You need to like put I them just, in special. I need to just put sarcasm in parentheses there or
2: something. A special typeface or something.
0: Uh, here's another sarcastic line Oh, Cisco doesn't want to get involved with Odo's problem either? Yeah. <laughs> It's true. But a genuine question, what are you supposed to do with this episode if you didn't see the one TNG episode where Troy explains her mother's man craziness? It is one time yeah. that she explains that she's going through the phase and that her sex drive uh, quadruples, and then she pipes up or more. Yeah. Because she didn't want to scare Riker about that.
2: And also, does that phase last forever?
0: I- I mean, it's really, it's only been about five years, right? Okay, I guess that's true. Like, this is season six of TNG. So it hasn't been going on that long. Yeah. Like, I could, it, that's not crazy, but like... You no, know, that's a good point. What are it, you supposed to do this is with this episode? The
2: question that I had about Enterprise last week and about Star Trek in general, they put in so much stuff. They're like, okay, so you hear the behind the scenes are like, no serial, like, no, no, no serialization. It has, to, everything has to be a self-contained... Plot or whatever, but then they put in so much shit that you will only appreciate if you are a, like a super fan.
0: Like, there could have been one minute where Cisco says to Bashir, "You know she's going through the phase."
2: Yeah, just give us a recap, real quick. Just,
0: just one, well, just one fucking anything. Yeah. Um, let's see. It's the amps that kill you, Odo, not the volts. Yeah, yeah. Mythbusters.
2: Uh, Sir- Mythbusters told me that.
0: Uh, Cisco stopped a rape, which I guess was probably the last time he got involved with anything.
2: It <laughs> was it for him. He's like, I'm tired, I'm sleepy.
0: Uh, O'Brien's solution is a lot, and I don't remember which solution this referred to. Hmm. Is a lot like hitting Gilligan with a second coconut to restore him to normal.
2: Oh yeah, because the cause he's got to let the he's got to build a doghouse. No, co- I think
0: I think this was when like he's like, well, let's just upload it back to the probe. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. he goes, yeah, let's just send it back, and then all the problems will go with it
0: yeah it's so,
2: like oh, I don't know
0: definitely Gilligan got hit on the head with one coconut you and may he's have different. been
2: properly placed as a transporter guy
0: uh the Bajoran extra who had lines couldn't say bejor, so I think that might be why we don't see her again
2: she didn't she didn't pass the test
0: uh then I wrote that plasma explosion was so bad <laughs> it was twenty times worse than Kira's fiery death fantasy <sighs> um no one more qualified to use that torch than Cisco huh. When they're gonna cut through that door?
2: <laughs> this is—we've talked about this a number of times. They don't have anything for him to do. Yeah, they have not put him in any of the episodes.
0: And then they write a character where he is not going to get involved with anything.
2: Yeah, they write it so that it's his fault. They're yeah. like, the reason Cisco's not in any of these episodes is because Cisco doesn't want to do anything. Yep. It's like, oh, great.
0: Uh, that is just a question I had. Is liquid Odo pretty thick, like pudding, or kind of thin and watery? What do you think?
2: I think we'll get a chance to find out Mm. because I think we'll see him, whoopsie, or do his regeneration cycle a number of times throughout this show. We'll get a chance. Let's not spoil it.
0: Then I was mad at the end, and I wrote, "It is an insane resolution that this thing just lives in the computer
2: forever." Like Moriarty, just going to live just forever.
0: forever. It's just going to live in the computer in his doghouse.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that's all I could say about this episode is I don't know, or good Lord, maybe just good Lord, just good Lord,
0: <laughs> um I gave best actor to Kira for the moment at the end when. All the ambassadors like Bashir. She makes a face like, I can't believe Bashir didn't trip and break his dick.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. It's so and funny that these actors are so bad that just one little flourish here or there is enough to put them above somebody just else. And just anything
0: that makes them seem like they could be a real person that exists in a real world. Yep. Uh, worst actor I gave to House Rules Quark. Hmm. Like, hey, read read my sign. Nothing I can do.
2: Yeah, he was barely in it too, which I was, that's the only was, part I didn't mind. Was
0: not his usual good performance. Um I gave it a fourteen, you gave it a thirteen, that's twenty seven. Oh It right. actually ties with when the when the bow breaks. Yeah. Which tells right. you how, how little we thought of that episode. They tied last week too. Oh boy. So
2: starting to uh, tie the tide together, is man. turning, man. Like, just get it together. <laughs> I mean DS9 still sucks, but you know still. Tides tides turning.
0: Yep. All right. With five years of experience with setting shows in this setting, uh, Season 1 of DS9 is almost keeping up with Season 1 of TNG. <laughs> this should be very easy, right?
2: Giving away all their gains, man.
0: Um. So, uh, Galileo 7 still in the lead. Two more episodes this week, including the 37s. Ooh.
2: Okay, so all of you people who thought that Tom Paris' fascination with the 20th century was a waste of time, you, you can leave the room now! Get out! Because they find a rusty old truck, and he's like, Pff, I out know what a truck is, and they are very enthusiastic about their search for what happened with this truck, and they find a planet where some people from the 30s are being held in stasis or whatever, cryogenic freeze or something. And but when they unfreeze them, uh, those guys are like they didn't even they thought they were still in the '30s, but then they find some other humans on the planet, and they're like, "Oh no, nah, we all got kidnapped a bunch of years ago, and we made a society on this planet, and you took our '37s." That's what they call these people because they're from 1937, and and uh, and then they're like, "Oh, should we settle on this planet out of nowhere?" And they don't, they don't settle on this planet. So you know, it wasn't good.
0: <laughs> um. <clears throat> yes, yeah, Dangle Amelia Earhart, and she was abducted by dang old aliens. Yep,
2: yeah, and they're and the aliens never they weren't in the episode.
0: Also, there's a Japanese soldier, an yep. Indian woman,
2: oh old black farmer,
0: Amos from Amos and Andy. Uh huh. Um. Yeah.
2: The drunk. There was a drunk guy. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> the aliens didn't show up, which I thought was weird, but we could talk about it. What do you, uh, what do you humans,
0: have? The humans made them go away. Yeah,
2: what do you have for this real fucking festering pile of fucking Nazi turds?
0: So, um, we're not going to agree. Oh, okay, cool, cool, <laughs> cool. T- <it> out, because <laughs> um, I thought this episode was actually kind of good. Oh
2: no, okay, alright, yeah, this could be the big difference this week.
0: So the premise of this episode is is this long, arduous voyage home worth making? Mm. Like, here they are given a big and good opportunity to settle down. And this goes into execution somewhat, right? Because this planet is protected. Like, it's not scannable from the air, right? So they have to land the ship. Right. Uh, It is a safe place for them. It is populated by humans who have already done the work of rebuilding a civilization. There's like 100,000 of them or something. Yeah. They could stop the voyage here and make lives on this planet. This okay. is the best chance they're going to get for this. Okay. So then they have to decide if they're going to. Right, right, right. Now, it is a problem, execution-wise, that they took so long to get to this premise because they fucked around with Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Which right. was. Why did in it my have opinion, to be Amelia Earhart? Very unnecessary. Yeah. We talk about why I think it is and why it doesn't make sense in a little bit. Okay. So, um, what'd
2: you give that take?
0: I thought it was a five because it's a question. It could have been stronger, but it's it's like the first thing in a while that has been about Voyager's situation in the Delta Quadrant.
2: Yeah. And this is. So, we talked about this before. This is the season two opener.
0: Wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I, that's what I was going
2: to ask, because I don't really... I don't know what the point was, but, um...
0: No, this was just supposed to be an episode in Season 1. Yeah. so I think there were, like, the next two or three are in the same boat.
2: I had, like, almost the exact same take, but I gave it a three. I had... <laughs> I, I had... I guess it's about settling. Like, should you settle for peace and safety when your true aims have been left unfinished? In this case, to get all the way home or whatever. Um... To me, it's just, it's so specific to Voyager's journey. You can't really take it as like a general concept or a general theme or anything. Like, you kind of have to work at it to make it work that way. Like, it's not really about much. It's about Voyager. Yeah, that's true. Um, Execution. Can I jump into this thing? Yeah, why don't you? Okay, I don't even know what to say about this dumpster episode. Um, (laughs) All the character work went to the 37s until the very end of the episode. And oh, it sucked. That's true. that's true, it's problematic. This plot was very complicated and tiresome. It like felt like they were rushing around in terms of the plot structure. They go on this weird, hella rash journey where everyone is super, like, preposterously excited to track down uh, Rust. The Rust that they found in space. Um, And the results were less than nothing, I would say. <laughs> You didn't even get to see the dumb cities and civilization they kept bragging about.
0: Yeah, that was Buck Wild. Who even just,
2: knows what it was like?
0: That they just fucking cut away, and then their Janeway's like, "Well, that was an adventure."
2: Yeah, like they couldn't put the Angel One matte painting up. I'm so confused. Very like, true. I didn't even know. How I just said the whole time. I literally watched you, the whole episode with my mouth open, going, "What?"
0: You are stealing points from me. I with we, your with your accurate analysis of this
2: we'll have so much more to say about it but uh, just to keep it short i gave it a one on execution (laughs) i was very unhappy with this episode
0: oh boy so i had originally given it a six okay um like they set the planet up pretty well sensors don't work to the point that voyager can't detect that there's a city only 50 miles away uh-huh. The population is high enough to be stable and self-sustaining, etc. But they, the, what hurt points for me was they spent so long on the setup for the episode that there's not quite enough time to explore why anyone decides to keep going on with this voyage.
2: Yeah, they go into the cargo bay or, where, or the 10 forward or whatever the fuck they're supposed to do. Where all the people who want to stay on the planet are supposed to show up, and no one's there. And she just looks at Chakotay and she's like, we did a good job with these kids. And then they move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, and this is something that Ben said too, which is, they fucked up, this should have been a two-parter.
2: Yes. But I would hope they would have done better. (laughs) If they made it two, (laughs) because I don't want two of this. (laughs) Whoa, I'm looking at the points he gave it.
0: Yeah, he liked this episode.
2: Oh, dang! Man, I was the only one who thought this was real fucking...
0: You you were definitely in a different space with this episode than Ben and I, although Ben scored it much higher than I did.
2: Yeah, he's throwing up up sevens and nines and shit.
0: Yeah, he gave it a seven for the take, which uh, he said the price of boldness is an easy life. What I think he means there is you can't have an easy life if you're going to be a bold explorer or something like that.
2: Oh, right, yeah, 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 that's the cost, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, he gave it a five for execution. Yeah, yeah. Um, he thinks it's crazy that one guy with a revolver disarmed four Starfleet officers. Uh, yeah, they they, I got
2: the feeling they were playing the Starfleet game where they're like, let's try not to shoot this
0: guy. He also thinks they should have just thrown up the Angel 1 mad painting. He didn't mention what? it, but he does say...
2: I just what? couldn't even believe it! <laughs> The guy's bragged about it for like five minutes. He was like, "Our cities are amazing. You should see how great our civilization is." Yeah. And he's um, like, "Oh, and these aliens. You got to watch out. These aliens are real fucking scary. And we'll never meet them. They they aren't even in the episode." Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. Go on.
0: Um. <clears throat> I guess we should move on to world building then. Okay. okay.
1: Ben's pick of the week.
0: Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek Edition correspondent with my pick of the week.
1: Pick of the week.
0: Yeah, so having looked at his scores, you see that this is his highest-rated episode this week, and he gave it a nine for world building, so let's just start with what he said. hmm Uh landing Voyager is interesting.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. So code
0: <laughs> blue, condition blue, blue alert as for landing. Um <laughs> Again, remember that he gave it a nine when Mm. he says the universal translator doesn't translate mid-century black man into unaccented English, but it can translate rape of Nanjing (laughs) era Japanese.
2: Oh, is this going to be a you chase yourself around in logical errors B plus? I guess
0: so. Uh, Alien abduction is really real. There is a human calling in some far flung world. Um, It was
2: better when Babylon 5 did it.
0: It's it's true. (laughs) Listen, dog, if we're going to trot out Babylon 5 Sorry. did it better, we need to make a sound clip for it. Sorry,
2: it was better when Babylon 5 did it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, I had some other things. Okay, go for it. Um, I didn't give it a nine, by the way. I gave it a six, because uh, I actually felt like they did do some stuff here. Yes. <clears throat> uh, World building-wise. um, They don't monitor sublight radio waves. That seems short-sighted to me. Right. Um. Yeah, like, how monitor- hard can it
2: be to add, like, just add a little bit? To what you're tracking
0: trinimic interference sounds like they got too many clouds
2: <laughs> it does sound like that
0: <laughs> i don't know if it's supposed to
2: oh we can't penetrate all these cl- there's so many clouds captain
0: trinimic interference uh voyager can land
2: yeah that's a big one or it's supposed to be i think
0: uh the year is 2371 there are only a few places where they anchor star dates to real years so yeah i always make note of them uh, warp 9.9 is roughly 4 billion miles per second.
2: I I ain't, I ain't done the math.
0: I did it. That's 21,000 times the speed of light. That's
2: pretty good. Is that... If
0: they could maintain that speed, they'd be home in less than four years. Okay,
2: so that's... I Maybe the problem is that they can't, or maybe that's... that's... not their cruising
0: speed. Warp 9.9 is pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, 152 people on Voyager, and Voyager needs at least 100 to function. Okay.
2: That's Thanks. real stuff.
0: Condition blue and all the other takeoff and landing business. Okay, so I gave it a six.
2: All right, I can see that. Um, here's what I got: Is rust that rare?
0: It I, really shouldn't be rare, I
2: right? Get that means it would have needed oxygen, but like it could just be random debris from like anything. Yeah, they act like it's crazy shit, though.
0: Um, Probably some iron and some oxygen are slamming together in space right now like an asteroid belt or something. Maybe there's a lot of it. Maybe that's what's weird. Again, it's not smart. That part's not smart.
2: Yeah. uh, This show posits that a 1936 truck can float around in space for centuries and its oil and water and everything will just be sitting there and it'll turn on immediately.
0: Yeah, I guess it thawed out in the fucking cargo bay. Uh
2: Uh, Confirmation from Harry Kim about faster-than-light messaging, which we've been talking about a few times recently and how it all works. Uh, Yeah, trinimbic interference. Voyager can land. Welcome to season two. To me, that felt like a season two gambit, but you're telling me this was an episode that was already in the can, so I don't know. Yep. Um, Amelia Earhart must not be as famous in the future, because it takes them a while to figure out who she is, but that makes sense. That's They're more distant from the event. Like, it does she, make sense. She has to read her whole name and then think about it before she makes the connection. And Harry Kim has no idea who she is at all. Um, they aren't even, the people in Cryo, they aren't even strapped into the gizmo they just stand there freely
0: it doesn't make a lot of sense how does that work i think they don't really show us um because we don't see the thawing out in a super great episode we'll get to soon the neutral zone yeah um or i don't know if we see it in space seed um not sure that's a season two episode anyway do
2: see him do yoga
0: yeah. But anyway, uh yeah, they are just standing there, so I don't know how that works.
2: Please don't try to explain the Universal Translator, Writers of Voyager, thank you very much. What are they doing? How are you responsible? They're gonna bring the whole show down. The guys are like how can you are you're all speaking Japanese? It's like don't do it, don't
0: <laughs> it's, just, it's don't. because it, it hasn't been used consistency and it doesn't make any don't, sense.
2: Don't don't touch it. <laughs> uh the Briori humans living in the Delta Quadrant, slave revolts. That's all history of a planet we will never visit again. Yeah. Uh, condition blue.
0: Yeah, you notice I didn't mention any of that shit.
2: Yeah. The score is based solely on the strength of Voyager being able to land, which seems like something they threw in to jazz things up, and it remains to see how often it will come up, but I gave it a four. Okay. Like again, this, there's some stuff, at this point, but... you
0: were very mad at this episode. Yeah, right.
2: I didn't feel like I was in a particularly bad mood, but I was after I watched this. I was <laughs> yeah. in a terrible mood. Characterization. Let me let me let me spit some game here.
0: All right, che- I'm just waiting for you to give it a zero. But let's hear.
2: Chekote asks the reasonable question: Is it necessary to land the whole dang ship? <laughs> but then he, she goes, "Yeah, it is," and he goes, "Yeah, okay." Uh, Janeway goes through the should we settle on this rando planet thing, but it felt kind of tacked on at the end of the episode. Like they didn't know what to do with the episode. But maybe that's because, like you were saying earlier, they spent so much time on the first half. Suddenly, she's in her ready room. She's like, oh, should we live here? I was like,
1: wait, what? I I don't want to live here. Why?
0: I feel like when they were breaking the story, the pitch was definitely, what if we find a bunch of humans in the Delta Quadrant because they were kidnapped by aliens and one of them was Amelia Earhart? And then at some point, someone said, and then what happens? (laughs) That's right. And then they were like, oh, boy. But I have have 38 pages of Amelia Earhart material. I read (laughs) everything. I know about her navigator. Yeah. I know about her plane. I read all this stuff.
2: You really should have... You, you let me do all this research. It was irresponsible of you.
0: I wasted a lot of time.
2: Yeah. Um. So I felt like she was okay in that scene, but that it... It didn't really land for me because I didn't know why it was... Ha- it was felt sudden. It was like, oh, we're gonna... Wait, they're gonna live here? Wait, what? Why are they gonna live here? I don't get it. Um. But I guess that's not a characterization problem. I thought she was fine, I just thought all of the characterization was done by the thirty sevens and that was not fun It's not useful, yeah, I gave it a two mm. I, I originally gave it a one, but that was mean. <laughs> I'll give it a two
0: well, this was my low scoring category for this episode. uh, I gave it a four in characterization um Jane Way thinks of herself a lot like Amelia Earhart, and I wanna talk about that okay um. But she's mostly back on point. Like she's had a couple of off episodes
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a character. She's mostly back in this one. Chakotay is uh, demonstrating that he is still one hundred percent on Janeway's side. Yeah. Tom Paris is a twentieth century nerd. That shit's not. Oh yeah, I guess exciting. I should
2: have. I could have included that. Yeah, yeah I yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't know that we know we knew that particularly. We knew that he said his dumb sex fantasy in the twentieth century.
2: Yeah, I assume that's what they're basing it on.
0: But yeah. Um like I said, this is a four four for me. Okay. And uh Ben uh Ben gave it a six, which is low for his conception of this episode. Yeah. But um he says she's easily my third favorite captain at this point. Is so I assume compliment? that's above Cisco and Archer.
2: Yeah, I was trying to figure out if you meant that as a compliment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, it's true. And he says the other characters don't really have a role. And honestly, yeah, I'm fine with it's, that. <laughs> it's
0: it's pretty true, but from what we've seen so far, who would you like to see more out of? Neelix, maybe?
2: Uh, nope. I'm good.
0: So, um...
2: What do you got for quick hitters? Ha- quick I
0: have a couple. Uh, Tom Paris knows what's in gasoline. That seems unlikely to me. Okay. Like they just name three. They're like it's benzene and so on. He's like that's gasoline. It's Mm.
2: um. You by the way, I get the feeling he knows way more about internal combustion engines than he does about warp engines.
0: I'm big into trains and shit, I guess. But like, I don't know what's in coal, so I do know it's it's carbon. carbon. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe you would know what's in gasoline. Oh, and Janeway knows what horse shit smells like.
2: Yeah, that was. I thought they were going to go into that. I thought they were going to be like, I used to live. On, I lived on a farm. Or I don't know what they were going to do, but
0: but crazier than either of those things to me, Tuvok knows what gunshots sound like. Or else why would he react that way when the car backfires? Pulls
2: his phaser. He's ready to go.
0: He starts slicing the pie, fucking checking all the corners. We yeah. can do some SWAT team shit. Car the truck backfires. He
2: says, "No time for backup." But you can only kind of hear it. He goes, no, no time for backup.
0: Um, what keeps Voyager from tipping forward? Mm. The, um, the weight seems like it should be way forward of the forward landing gear.
2: Oh, just so you know when you're building a model and you put that weight, you put the weight bar.
0: Oh, that? they've got a lead bar that they put in. Yeah, the,
2: the, it's <laughs> in the butt. They put a lead bar in the butt of the ship so that it doesn't tip forward.
0: That actually makes sense.
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> um, why does Janeway leave Tuvok to help investigate the fusion reactor at the plane, but take Harry Kim with her into the cave? That's exactly backwards.
2: You know, he's, all he's going to do is look at it.
0: He's What's gonna, Tuvok going to do? He's just
2: going to keep looking at it the whole time. I and looked at he, it, it
0: didn't do anything while you were gone. He there to stand there and protect Torres or something? Yeah. But, like, just leave Harry Kim back there with the fusion
2: reactor. And take Tuvok into the fucking caves.
0: How many times have you been in
2: caves already? okay. It's,
0: uh, Tackleberry from Police Academy.
2: Oh, you're right. Yeah.
0: It took me a while. I was like, I know that guy. I described him as fake Michael Keaton for a while.
2: Everyone's been in Star Trek, and so I always see people like, I know I've seen that guy, I just don't remember where.
0: Um, Janeway says that they've come millions of miles. So... (laughs) It's a very Twilight Zone-like description. So like to Mars, basically. Yes, many, many, many millions. So many millions. (laughs) And then I just wrote, oh, we don't get to see the cities? Yeah. It's very, it's it's just a crazy decision. It doesn't make it, like, did they spend a lot of money? That's what it is. They spent too much money on the fucking ship landing. I guess. I guess the first time they had to do that, right? So they can reuse some of that shit in the future. But, they spent, but, like, so much money that you couldn't just get the Angel One mat painting? You've already used it once.
2: You know, it's bad if I found this episode. If they just made a couple of tweaks, they could have got some points out of me. Just a few tweaks here and there.
0: Yeah. It's like, just... a little less on the 37th. Don't make it Amelia Earhart. Let's Don't make it Amelia. That.
2: Yeah, just make it Whoever. And this, uh, then show us the cities and show us the aliens!
0: Damn! My last my last quick hitter is this human planet is the most successful non-Federation human colony we've ever seen.
2: Seriously, they got all their shit together according to their mouths. We don't get to see it, but...
0: Well, that's fine. I mean, still. Yeah. It's better than Turkana 4.
2: Which is a rape paradise.
0: It's definitely better than uh, that planet they visited for Jameson, if those were supposed to be humans. It's so unclear. Yeah. They did nothing to distinguish them visually from humans. Yeah. I agree. They don't even they don't even stamp spots on their head or anything. Anyway, this would be the most successful one we've ever seen. Um Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and give your quick hitters and then we'll talk about Amelia Earhart.
2: Uh scene one. Tom Paris appears to be losing his hair. Yeah. He is it is receding at it's an accelerated rate.
0: It's thinning for sure. Wow.
2: Uh hey, Harry, bro, there are wheels on that car. It's not a hover car. It's not car. a hover car. Yeah, it's that's not it's not a hover car.
0: Is that an early hover car? <laughs> oh dog, the next generation already did this with automobile. You just
2: don't. you just gotta look at it. Just look at it for a minute. What are those wheels for? Those hover wheels? You fucking yeah. idiot?
0: No, the wheels are just so it has something to sit on when it's not hovering. Nice.
2: Um everything that happens until they land the ship is unbelievably rash and naive. <laughs> uh how did that plane land right in front of that ridge?
0: It does not seem like it could have landed there on its own.
2: Did it just get placed gently down there by aliens?
0: Yeah, I guess they tractor-beamed it down.
2: Don't go in the cave, dummies. Have you learned nothing about caves?
0: No, they have not. They were fucking lucky the Vidians weren't in there, just shooting everybody's organs out of their bodies. I'm
2: not convinced that they're not in there.
0: They but might be in there I somewhere. I think
2: they were in there and they were waiting they're for everyone They're really
0: to leave. good at fake walls and shit. Yeah, they're in there but for if sure. if they were in there, why didn't they steal Amelia Earhart's dogs? They got
2: shit? there ten minutes before Voyager did. <laughs> they were about to steal all the organs from it's the like, 37s. Ah, oh, it's,
0: oh, it's fucking Voyager again. Oh, they're <laughs> definitely going to come in this cave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We go in here for our reasons, but they're always in caves. But
2: hey, if you're in one of those beautiful cities we'll never see, you better watch out because the fucking... The, yeah. The... Invidians, whatever they're called. It is true. If they go
0: back there next week because they left a fucking fusion thing on the planet, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we got it. We should recover that thing that we used to power the airplane."
2: Yeah, ain't nobody got no lungs in that city.
0: They're gonna be like, "Oh, oh, the Vidi- <laughs> It was the Vidians for sure." Um.
2: Uh, okay. Cool. A chance for some cultural stereotypes from bygone eras. That's nice. Yes, that's thing. fun. This black farmer was in Babylon Five. He uh, played the preacher in the episode with the preacher. N- no, then the rock and the rock cried out, "There ain't no hiding place." That was the <laughs> name of the episode. Yep. And uh, I stopped taking quick hitters at that point because <laughs> I was pretty disappointed with what was happening.
0: Okay, so Amelia Earhart, yeah, is in this episode, yeah, for real life reasons.
2: Yeah, they wanted to make a cool show about their lady. I want to remind everyone that they have a lady captain, and we should pay more attention to that, I think.
0: And that it was controversial, or that at least they thought it was going to be controversial. Mm, Yeah, they
2: they hoped it would be controversial because it would bring people to the show.
0: Legitimately don't remember if there was any real controversy about it.
2: I remember people going, yeah, I guess it's about time.
0: Yeah, it seems okay, but you I mean you never know. Like this shit could be controversial today. This is the same as female Ghostbusters, right? Oh, There's okay. some asshole who's gonna be like, they're just doing it to be politically correct. But blah, here's blah, blah, blah. the
2: difference between today and then. Today, you find some dumb internet trolls whose job it is to be the worst, and yeah. then you go look at all this outcry, and it's like, nah, it's some internet trolls like they're gonna be on the opposite side of whatever you whatever you think.
0: Back then, someone would have had to write Channel 44.
2: Yeah, it was a lot harder to be noticed as just a huge asshole back then. And I really do think that people these days will just find whatever rando on the internet saying a crazy thing and go, people are saying this. So the
0: reason, the only reason that we've been given that, I mean, the only reason that we have to believe that the character of Catherine Janeway feels like a kindred spirit to Amelia Earhart is because Kate Mulgrew is playing the first female captain. This is not the first female captain chronologically or in the series. Nope, we've so seen we've them. Seen. Uh, Rachel Garrett was commanding the Enterprise C. That's right. Maybe there are others even before that. Yeah, but we've got her. There's the captain in the frigate in uh, the frigate captain At and the the conspiracy coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we. It's true. They're still mostly men for whatever reason.
2: Yeah,
0: but. Jane way in universe is not a pioneer. I agree. In the way that Amelia Earhart was, yeah. So if it's if it's that Amelia Earhart was adventurous or had exploration or something, give us some of that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Explain
0: why she feels like, like a kindred spirit, and not just because we know this is the first female captain in Star Trek.
2: Yeah, I think it was pretty clear that this episode was meant to be like, hey. Don't go away yet. I know you stopped watching after episode 13. We have a lady captain, remember? Yeah. This is a big deal. And to me, I this is why the part where you, where it's not meant to be the season two opener is surprising to me. Because it feels like all of these things have been positioned. Like, hey, uh, check it out. Remember the lady captain? Please come back and watch the show. Hey, I mean, look, now the ship can land. That's a cool new thing we might use in the future.
0: They may have had some time, mm-hmm. right? So this episode may have had extra time. Yeah. Once they knew that the other one was going to be the last episode of the season, and that they had a couple of months, they might have spent a little more time jazzing this one up. Yeah. And maybe it, that's why it feels like it doesn't fit in the fifty minutes that yeah. it
2: gets. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a, they're rushing from plot point to plot point, and they do feel like they're trying to jam it full of cool stuff. So we'll really pay attention.
0: But yeah, it does, there's no reason this needs to be Amelia Earhart. I agree. Except for that dumb real-life reason. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm doing the math here. Uh, I thought for sure this was going to win the week. It was my <laughs> week winner. It was Ben's week winner.
2: But then I, I sort of sandbagged it.
0: Ben's points don't count. And you only gave it 10 points. I gave it 20.
2: I originally gave it 9, but I felt that was too mean.
0: Well, but you talked me down one point, so... uh, You talked me down, I talked you up. But in the end, it's a 30-point episode, so the Galileo 7 is still in the lead, and now, I don't know what to think.
2: (laughs) Boom shakalaka. (laughs) The, The solid consistency of TOS.
0: If... Even if we did something like if we gave Ben two-thirds of a point or half a point
1: mm.
0: and counted his score, uh, he's, he still scored the Galileo 7 a 24, so only three points lower. Mm. So it wouldn't be enough to make a difference. Even if we counted him on equal footing with us, it wouldn't be enough to uh, to put the 37s ahead of the Galileo 7. But I'm very surprised by this result.
2: Well, we were very different on the score. Yeah. Some, sometimes we get episodes like that. I mean, I
0: literally scored it twice as much as you, yeah. so... It happens sometimes. This may be the biggest differential, though.
2: Well, we watched another one. We oh, did. oh, did you do Best Actor, Worst Actor? I forgot.
0: No, oh, Best Actor I gave to Not Applicable.
2: <laughs> good call, actually.
0: Worst Actor I gave to Fake Michael Keaton. Yeah, he was... Tackleberry from Police Academy.
2: Written badly, played badly. He
0: didn't know what show he was in. No, it's not And good. he did not play a Star Trek character.
2: It wasn't good. Him on his deathbed not good.
0: He played the cop who gives Beverly Crusher gum.
2: <laughs> I wish I wish he was uh, half as good as that better. guy. That guy that was, was amazing. Did you see the crazy fascination he had in his eyes with this weird chick who has emotional and mental problems? Yep. He was that guy was into it. No, that was there were layers in that dude. Could
0: I could I bang a retarded chick? I I think I could. I think I might could. I think I could.
2: That guy had layers for sure yeah that guy needs to come back.
0: uh this week we watched uh, Fusion hmm.
2: <laughs> Very nice.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was H John Benjamin
0: Enterprise uh, meets a ship crewed by Vulcan hippies. Weird Vulcan hippies. Mm. Uh, T-Pole goes aboard uh, while they chart a nebula together. She begins exploring emotions with one of the crew, who turns out to be kind of a mind rapist.
2: Yeah, again. Great.
0: Arch- Archer goads him into attacking him for some reason, and then sends the Vulcans on their way. Uh, and Trip talks a sweet soft boy into making up with his dad. It's very nice. This is the best part of the episode.
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, boy, Okay. Uh, let me tell you what I got. Yeah,
0: what is this about? Hey, what is som- this episode about?
2: sometimes, dog, the establishment exists for a reason.
0: Oh, that can't be worth points.
2: That is not a hot take. <laughs> and I couldn't even think of a better way to put it. Uh, but, you know, it's worth considering, I guess. I gave it three. All right. Because um, just I mean, obviously what I'm talking about is they meet these Vulcan hippies and they're like, ah, good, finally good Vulcans.
0: They're very unorthodox.
2: Those other Vulcans suck. We hate them. These ones, yes. these hippie ones are going to be nice. I like them. And guess yeah. what? They turned out to be rapists. One of them did. Yeah, one of them. So, three. yes,
0: But yes, you're right that this is, these Vulcans are, like, the humans are into this idea. Yeah. And I'm into the idea too, but in a different way, okay. uh, which we'll talk about, not in not as part of the take um, I gave it a three also. Mm. My take is, um, don't go judging other people's emotional reactions. For all you know, they get a nosebleed if they don't meditate. Oh boy. That's a take, huh? Mm, I mean, it's like... It's the same thing that you're saying. Like, everybody thinks this is the way Paul should behave. Yes. But it's not good for her.
2: She doesn't handle it well. Yes.
0: And similarly, these guys are not everything they're cracked up to be.
2: At least one of them.
0: Yeah. That's kind of... I mean, the problem with this take, and it's why it's three points, is it's kind of an everyone-needs-to-find-their-own-path take. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fine, but it's a very common message, and we don't need Star Trek for it.
2: Agreed. Good. We both savaged it. Uh, What do you have for the execution on this thing?
0: Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. And let's start with the bad points, which are... You showed me a dream.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. And you not made only me listen
0: that. and you made me listen to jazz.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that whole segment was really bad, cause not only was it a dream sequence, not only was there terrible jazz music, but there was sex.
0: Yeah. And I want to I be clear. don't want it. I want to establish a clear standard. That's an automatic four point deduction. Okay. For showing me a dream. And making me listen to jazz. Okay.
2: Alright. Uh, These are precedent. both things
0: that TNG is guilty of, but the jazz in TNG tends to be very short and incidental.
2: Okay.
0: And often the joke is records not real good at it.
2: We'll have to at least question it in the future now that it's precedent, though.
0: I'm just saying, yeah, so, so it's a two point deduction for each of those things. Okay. Um uh, I hate I hate when you show me a dream. It's not. Just just don't do it. And I don't and a sex dream. Oh my god. Yeah. Um that said I like the look at some Vulcans who are different from TOS because if you don't do that occasionally, you end up with all Rodians are bounty hunters. Yeah, and it's
2: and that's I think like it's the
0: unrealistic opposite of- to believe that all Vulcans have the exact same attitude towards emotional discipline.
1: Yeah,
0: and it also wouldn't make sense because, like, in the beginning of Star Trek One we see that Spock is undertaking some additional yeah. discipline in this that I think most Vulcans don't. And we know that there are like priests yeah. and a laity. So clearly Yo, there must be work at it. it's different not... levels of commitment exactly right. to this idea. So I think it's perfectly, unlike the Gnosticans that we saw earlier, I think it's perfectly reasonable to introduce some Vulcans who have a slightly different attitude towards the pursuit of... Emotional detachment.
1: Yeah,
2: like you said, the opposite of that would be the the enemy of world building.
0: Yes. Um, and I think that this is something that you can do with the Vulcans because we've seen a lot of the Vulcans. This is something you do with the Vulcans and the Klingons. Right. And maybe you could do this to some extent with the Romulans. You can't do it with the Nausikans. Eventually, well, Deep Space Nine will be able to do it with the Ferengi.
2: Okay, say you wanted to do it with the Nausikans. There's a way to do it. It's yes. not the way they did it.
0: Yes. When all, all you've seen of the Nausicans so far is that they're um thugs and they can't string two words together. Yeah. And then you have uh, fucking General Chang from Star Trek Six show. <laughs> yeah,
2: up. fucking hella clever and well spoken, and you're like, wait, what what's happening?
0: Right. Yeah. Um so I I mean, I gave it a five And, again, that's with the four-point deduction. I I thought the execution of this episode was just fine. It's just they did some things that piss me off every time.
2: Yeah, I agree. I thought the episode itself was fine. Not fun to watch, but fine. And my problem with it was execution on my premise. It's like, yeah, that one guy turned out to be a jerk. So I guess those new Vulcans aren't as great as you thought. But the other ones seem very nice.
0: Yeah, and by the way, the captain disappeared from this one, just like the freighter captain in that earlier episode, except that guy was shot.
2: Yeah, he had a reason, yeah. This
0: guy was just like, fuck it. Like, every episode doesn't have to be lower decks. You can show me what the captain does sometimes.
2: Yeah, so there doesn't seem to be evidence for one kind of Vulcan being better than another. I mean, we've seen hella jerk regular Vulcans. So, the episode doesn't really deliver on what I deducted as the premise yeah, Which was that, hey, it turns out maybe these other Vulcans aren't so bad or whatever. It's like, I don't know, they're both not so bad, but you get bad ones every once in a while. Like, I don't know. It's nothing. So the rest of the episode was fine, but I thought it didn't deliver on the premise at all. So I gave it a, a four on execution.
0: Okay. Uh, it's just uh, the halfway point. Let's check in with Ben again. Mm. Uh, ben gave it a two for the take.
2: That's what I gave it.
0: Saying that it's... Uh, proof that the enterprise doesn't know how to do vulcans i'm not sure i agree with that but i mean they don't but i don't think this is the episode that proves it right
2: oh actually i gave it i gave it a three sorry i'm
0: sure there's a serious take something like humans are superior to vulcans because we deal with emotions rather than suppressing them etc i'm not sure that that's the message Hmm. Uh, execution four, uh pretty bad and i'll agree with judah that the dreamscapes are not awesome they never are they never are it's never satisfying, it's never like a real dream, and it's never helpful. I agree. Just tell, just say you had a dream last night, or you've been thinking about a dream you once had. Don't yeah. show me the dream. Uh, he liked the friendship between Cove and Trip.
2: That was that nice boy you were talking about? And the
0: sweet, soft boy. Yeah. There's a lesson in how emotions can be done right, even the bad ones. He says he thinks they did okay with a weak premise, so he gave it a four.
2: Okay. So, six for him. 7 for me and 8 for me. Eight for you. Okay. So
0: again, we're we're pretty close together. This Boy. that was not the strong half of this episode, I guess.
2: Galileo 7's looking pretty safe though. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: starting to look decent, huh? Uh-oh. <laughs> um some world building. Is there any?
2: Uh, okay, well we got the new Vulcans without all the hang-ups. Uh stuff about Vulcan mating rituals and uh bad bad mind melds. So a lot of Vulcan stuff. Um,
0: At this point, though, you have to figure Vulcan stuff's going to keep coming up, so I think it still counts. Yeah,
2: no, it counts. It's, it's not of... like we would
0: learned a bunch about the Dopterians here.
2: Yeah, the Vul- so it's a lot of Vulcan stuff, and so maybe it's not unexpected, but I have to consider it important, because one of the main characters is Vulcan, and that's one of the central issues in the show, is that she's a a damn Vulcan, that, and they don't like Vulcans or whatever. Um... But I just didn't, I don't know, there wasn't a a lot of new Vulcan stuff. There was new Vulcan stuff, and it's Vulcan stuff, but I didn't think there was like a ton. Did you have, uh, I, okay, so I originally gave it a two, that seems low, I'm going to give it a three.
0: I have a few things. Uh, I don't know if any of this is going to talk it up. Uh, The crew is about one-third women.
2: Oh, that's true, he did say
0: that. Um, Vulcans have attempted to find more balanced paths in the past, so this is not even the first offshoot group of this. They even had a word for it that they used, which I didn't look up or care about. guess that makes sense. Uh, Vulcans have to meditate every night or they have jazz nightmares. (laughs) Fucking A. Um, I guess they don't mind meld either.
2: Yeah. uh, I know
0: know there's more of that coming. yeah, Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we don't... It's not clear in TOS how common mind melds are.
2: I'm trying not to hold it against this episode.
0: that they make it aids later
2: but there are so many crazy inconsistencies with how they handle mind melds in this series that i i i well spoiler alert you
0: know and then uh once again the show continues the sort of continuity even though it's not serial where uh when the admiral is essentially asking for a favor or the the Vulcan ambassador is calling in a favor because they got to keep to Paul a couple weeks ago.
1: Right, right.
0: Just a little bit of continuity. I, I gave it a, as much as a five in world building.
1: Okay.
0: And, um... Characterization... I gave it a seven.
1: Oh,
2: what? Yeah. That's so many points!
0: That's maybe the most I've ever given Enterprise, Enterprise for characterization. often struggles on this, so... Um, we get Archer standing up for T'Pol again here.
2: Okay, I guess that's nice.
0: Um, this is the most likable trip's ever been. Yeah. Uh, There were moments in this episode where I thought he came close to we were in a rowboat, or we we went in a rowboat.
2: (laughs) We went in a
0: rowboat! Um, and then there's some, we see some contrast here to show that T'Pol has become different from other Vulcans. So we get to see some movement towards the crew.
2: You even got to see her jazzy sex dreams.
0: Well, uh, again, that's not a characterization problem. Okay. Uh, and I, but I guess also, uh, she must have been curious about humans even back when she was on Earth, or yes. else the event from the jazz dream wouldn't have happened. Um, but it's like it puts her in a middle space between the shitty Vulcan ambassadors and the crew. So at least that shows, like, something is happening.
2: Yeah, she is, um, and really, it's more interesting than you would expect out of Star Trek, because it's not even like she's being integrated into the crew as much as she is being left without a place.
0: Yeah, she's kind of in an odd middle space. Yeah. So, So, I had it as a seven. I didn't think there were any big characterization mishaps in this episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, here's what I got. Admiral Johnny Archer appears to like watching T-Pol struggle with the existence of these nice Vulcans. He 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 keeps needling her about how she should hang out with them more. And yeah, he's still
0: shitty about Vulcans in general.
2: And check them out, because they're so Again, great.
0: Again, it's super insane that nobody calls him on it.
2: Yeah. But you're right that he does defend her. Um, In many ways, despite her constant proximity to humans she still tries to put off a very conservative Vulcan vibe. <laughs> like, lots of very dogmatic views about what is and isn't possible, according to Vulcans. Um, She goes through a lot of stuff in this episode. Not sure we, we can tell from it, other than that she's uh, willing to experiment a little bit, despite often having the High Command's words come out of her mouth. Um, Trip finds the Vulcans quite amusing, but he's uncomfortable talking about sex. Mm, Trip is from Florida, Yep. Um, Hoshi and Mayweather both work on the bridge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're not in this one.
2: Reed likes to mess with Trip now that they're shuttle buddies.
0: That's right. And Eskimo brothers. And they are Eskimo brothers.
2: Uh, for Enterprise it was fine. I gave it a five. Okay.
0: Um... Tell me of your quick hitters. I know we never have that many nope, quick hitters. I don't
2: have very many. Um, okay, we can tell by how nice the Vulcans are and by how happy the music is that these guys will turn out to be bad news, right? Yep. Uh, the casting decision on this young Vulcan, I can now tell that he will be the problem. Because as soon oh, as yeah. he started to talk and make eyes, it was like, oh, yeah, he's he's horrible. They picked a horrible guy. Nasty old Vulcan sex dreams, ah, scary jazz music, that's all I had.
0: Yeah, I had some similar ideas. Um, I guess this tall guy decided that his character's secret is creepiness. <laughs> yep,
2: not that secret, though. Yep. Every He just uh, basically emotes it at every opportunity that he is a fucking creeper.
0: Who cleans up after these guys? Because they just leave their plates on the table and walk out.
2: Yeah, poor chef, I hope he has a staff. I hope he has I more remember- staff than Bashir has.
0: I've never been an officer in the military, but I bet even when you're an officer, you don't just leave your shit everywhere.
2: Yeah, it's all about, like, discipline, right? Like, you like, probably maybe gotta if, bust your shit.
0: Maybe if you're called to battle stations or something, but these guys are just like, nah, I'm fucking, I'm done with this, so. <laughs> leave this for Let's someone leave else. leave it right here for some asshole. Somebody will come along. Yeah. Uh, and then I said, oh god, no, it's a dream sequence. Oh, whoops, it's sexy. Oh god. Oh, whoops, it is bebop jazz. Oh,
2: it was too.
0: A uh, statue of Sirach topples and shatters. So, <laughs> it's basically this is the problem. Every dream sequence we will ever see in Star Trek, as far as I can tell, is like a first year film student's short film.
2: Yeah, uh, something about getting the backstory. Read it by reading that book. I mean, a lot of them are kind of first year, first year. I mean, they students. did kind
0: of let anyone direct who wanted to. <laughs> but it's like someone wrote down that these things happen in the dream sequence someone wrote that a statue of Serac topples to the ground and shatters
2: they let anyone write who wanted to they no, had like an open too. writing process where like it just accepted fans they, so, they did
0: have open submissions
2: yeah where it's just like randos who never worked in TV before or anything just showing up and like in this episode T-Pole gets nailed yep and you're like alright that's in that wins we needed plots we needed to write <laughs> some episodes
1: what
0: my episode presupposes is T-Pole likes jazz yeah <laughs> Um. <laughs> let's see uh, chamomile is nighttime tea you monster <laughs> she tries to give it to her in the morning doesn't make any sense
2: my mama likes bubble bath and chamomile oh give <laughs> it to your mom did the doggy style give it
0: your mom did the doggy style
2: does it get points for that for that song existing? I wish
0: I could give it points for um, mother's day yeah, mother, mother lover, mother lover. Oh uh, yeah, mm, that's my favorite of the Lonely Island parodies. It was a pretty good one. I realize it couldn't have existed without Dick in a Box, and that those two characters are the same characters from Dick in a Box. But it's okay. You're allowed to have a preference one over the other. We should love each other's mothers. Is, <laughs> oh. is so. It would be my oh, honor so to be wonderful. your new
2: stepfather. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, and also um we are so cool and thoughtful
0: that's right
2: (laughs) all right sorry well sorry i got off track got off track track.
0: uh that's our gonna be our official recommendation this week is that nine-year-old snl digital short yeah um the uh the face touching part of the mind melt has always grossed me out
2: don't like it less touching please in star trek
0: uh, and, and I think maybe this is why I don't care what they do with the mind meld, because I have hated the mind melds ever since Star Trek Six.
2: Because you didn't
0: like when he... I don't like when he rapes Valeris. Jack Bowers the shit out of her. I don't like it. Tell me all. what
2: you know! Tell me what you know! That's basically what he does with his hand.
0: Um, Let's see. Uh, San Francisco's going to get real gloomy in the future.
2: Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of steamy grates.
0: There's a lot of steamy grates. Now look, there are steamy grates yeah. in San Francisco it when it's when it's cold. And foggy and shit, but like, there's not ten in every block.
2: It was a lot. Kind of, they went heavy on. Why the is there going to be
0: more steamy grates in the future? <laughs> What's going to happen to sanitation? Because like, oh, the 1890s were the, actually the best decade for sanitation. So
2: sure If you really think about it, they didn't come up with something more advanced. There shouldn't be any steamy grates.
0: All right, Doug. I have three TNG episodes.
2: Oh, that this is—that
0: this is a combination oh, thereof. I... There's one main one, of course. I didn't
2: give it any thought beforehand. I, I didn't that's know right. we were going to do this. i it on Okay, you. that's all right. So the mind rapey one is obviously the one where the guys come and they—they they can fucking bring out old memories. But well, maybe they bring out a memory of you getting raped by Riker or something.
0: Yep, it's violations. Violations, that is correct. That's the number one, of course. I have two more.
2: Two more. Um, shit. Okay, well, let me think about this. Uh, what other aspects of this fucking donkey episode?
0: One of them is about learning to dream. That's too much. Of oh,
2: hint. yeah. What?
0: Just because there was a dream sequence in it? But she's also exploring dreaming. Her question at the end is about whether you dream. Like, oh. that's clearly a big part of this. When she meditates, she doesn't dream like this.
2: Oh, so yeah, okay. So yeah, the stupid one where Data dreams, he's a, dreams about blackbirds and stuff. Yep. And, uh,. Well, he has a lot of dream ones in the later seasons. It's he definitely
0: good. dreams that he's in a Collective Soul music video <laughs> or whatever.
2: Uh, uh, what other aspects of this are are T? TN- so, so I can't remember the episode that well anymore. Um,
0: yeah, maybe I shouldn't have sprung this on you. I should have done it before you watched it.
2: Yeah, you should have said which TNGs, and then I would have been I would have been paying attention. Um, no, I don't know. What
0: was the third one? I also have Descent.
2: Because because
0: David doesn't know what to do with emotions and she doesn't know what to do with emotions. I uh, emotions. I thought about the offspring also as the emotional component. Mm, Yeah, no, I think you're right. The descent. It's descent more than more than the offspring. That's what I had for this one. Um, We got ourselves a whole heap of trouble. What? Yeah. So just doing the math. I give this episode twenty points. Oh. And you give this episode fifteen points. No. So we have our first ever tie.
2: Oh, what
0: between Fusion?
2: Oh, this episode sucked.
0: And the Galileo Seven, which was also not a good episode.
2: Yeah, in terms of quality, not good. Yeah. So. Oh, does Ben is Ben the tiebreaker?
0: I think we don't have an official policy, but I think Ben is going to be the tiebreaker. I
2: think that's on this. a good policy. Unless he gave them both a 35. Or
0: you can <laughs> declare them co-winners mm. and they just split the win. Which is...
2: Here's what I th- say we do. Okay. And there's a compromise and you can tell me how you like it. And you can tell me how do you want it. <laughs> um... But in the way that, I mean, how do you... I, I'm going to kick your ass or shoot you or something. Not in the sex way. Okay. Don't tell there's... me about how you want it in the sex way. <laughs> um... So, Ben serves as the tiebreaker.
0: And Ben gave it to Galileo 7 by 7 points.
2: But we don't change the scores or anything. So, they're still right. recorded as a 35 and a 35. But in the column that says winner, and when we're counting winners, it it's goes to It's going to
0: be the Galileo 7. So here, But throw
2: an asterisk on that bad boy so that we know that denotes that it won on a tiebreaker or something. So,
0: here is my question here. So, hey. I have always... I have always left open the possibility that other people besides Ben may start playing and that they could send us their notes. Who's going to do that? Retroactively.
2: I don't have that possibility open.
0: So I record every week I record which episode Ben considers the winner. Yes. But I also note that Ben, that Ben is the one who had that fan vote. Because I've, I, I have left open the idea that oh, someone else could come in after the fact.
2: So you just want fan vote, fan scores to determine right. it. In so general. then,
0: what happens if someone comes in and says, no, I actually had Fusion higher than the Galileo 7.
2: Mm, I see, we, got a, we need a second tiebreaker. Right.
0: So, and here is the thing. The, um... One of them, I gave 15, and you gave 20. And the other one, I gave 20, and you <laughs> gave 15. So there's not even, like, a point spread way to do it. Um, Like, the highest score... Alright,
2: well, how about this, dude? Execution.
0: You think execution's gonna be the, the winner?
2: It's the most important thing, right? Was this episode a thing? How'd it do? Was it anything?
0: Okay, I think probably... Probably you're right that it should be one of the first two, or maybe the combined first two, in the sense that those are about the episode in a vacuum. Oh,
2: we should have thought about this before we got on the well, show, but we didn't where, know this was going to happen. We should have thought
0: about this 16 weeks ago. Yeah. Or where world building and characterization are, are in context.
2: Okay, 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 okay. I got another idea. I got another idea. Okay. You know how Ben always talks about how we should bring our enjoyment into the s- score?
0: Yeah, but we're going to be split on it.
2: Tiebreaker. What?
0: Yeah, I thought I enjoyed Fusion better than Galileo 7.
2: Oh, sh- despite the nasty old sex dreams?
0: Yeah, I did not like that. I didn't like that that happened. But I really liked how trip was sweet with that Vulcan, with the oh. chubby Vulcan. Oh, dang. Whereas everyone in the Galileo 7 was just a racist.
2: God damn it.
0: Well, the only
2: one that's going to solve this is giving it to Ben.
0: <laughs> I think that's the only way we get a single outcome from this. <laughs> yeah. For sure.
2: Unless you just want to call a tie. Just give them both a win or something. I don't
0: know. I mean, I would give them both half a win. No. Half Why a not? win? Why not?
2: We're stuck, people. How about this? Ooh, how about this? We leave it open for a little while as to who the winner is. And we need suggestions.
0: Okay, so like we'll make this mail back. Well, either mail back or the next Trek by the next Star Trek episode. So let us know, other listeners.
2: Yes, we are only a few of you. We understand this. Please tell us how this should be settled.
0: By the way, it's not cute. You can't write in and say the thirty sevens won. That was, by the way, that's what Ben and my decision was this week, also. But.
2: Oh, that 's uh, right, you guys both picked that to win, but yeah. I fucking well, no, you talked me down, it. so
0: it actually ended up tied with fusion for me I cr- but, I crushed it yeah you you destroyed the thirty seven so no being cute between the Galileo seven and fusion
2: yeah
0: uh, it 's going i I understand the Galileo sevens one of the five episodes of Star Trek, you remember. <laughs> I'm but saying like don't, Miri, even, don't even I don't even want
2: them to pick between the episodes. I just want them to pick the criteria. I want them oh, to tell the us criteria. what the best tiebreaker should be if we get into ties. What is right. the tiebreaker?
0: So we could go with Ben and then if anyone else ever starts playing along it it's just
2: General fan voting.
0: Yeah, it's just not settled is the problem for me. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to relitigate.
2: Okay. So we could also but, do yeah. it by execution, we could do it by enjoyment factor, we could do it by, there are a number of things, but a lot of them are going to lead to us being tied, so that's why we might need multiple tiebreakers.
0: Yep, uh, write in and let us know. Like, Or if you're I just mean, like, give them a tie, who cares? Or we can just give them a tie. Yeah, write, write in and let us know what we should do about this goddamn conundrum. Uh, can we give it to the episode Conundrum? Yeah, I think it's the winner, because
2: no, there's nasty sex in it, I don't like it.
0: Oh, it's true. It's got it's got weird stuff. I don't like what happens in no, that episode.
2: No, no, no. Ensign no. Ensign Row and Commander I don't, Riker they do it b- twice at least.
0: I don't I don't like how I don't like rotate. take... Row Ro really makes a lot of assumptions. <laughs> Not just she takes her. some liberties in that episode.
2: Not just her. Worf has a sash. That's true. <laughs> oh, I wish we were rating that episode. Damn it.
0: Well, that episode's better than either of these two. Yeah. It's got got Kieran McDuff, my favorite character. If
2: if anybody has an opinion, let us know. Otherwise, we'll have to figure this out. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it is a mystery. We're in fucking
2: crisis now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, also, if you think this is an excuse for us to end the project. Oh, yeah. Let us know if we could just stop. Yeah, if this broke the whole thing and now we should just stop, just to be fair.
0: If the project was ill conceived Matt, I literally... I literally came to you with this proposal as a joke.
2: Yeah, but, you know... I thought
0: this was an insane suggestion that we could never do.
2: I'm gonna watch the Star Treks anyway. I guess so. Is what I figured. And now, so many weeks later, I'm real mad about how much I have to do for Star
0: Trek. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a lot. It
2: takes up all my fucking free time. I'm trying to play for honor. <sighs> I gotta pod this thing for ten hours. It's a ten-hour pod! All right. So that's everything, so we don't really have a winner, we'll figure it out. But that's that's this week. So what's what's sort of the next episode's gonna be?
0: Alright, so next week we get um we get a little bit of a reprieve, and at least there should at least be some stuff that's fun to watch, so. Uh for for the original series we have the Squire of Gothos.
1: Mm.
0: It's uh you know, it's an impish. It's an omnipotent space being. It's basically Q. Proto Q. Yep.
2: They do the In squat. fact, I think
0: the ex- in the extended universe, he is a Q. Uh,
2: I don't know. But not canon.
0: Uh, no, I don't think any of that shit's canon. Okay, good. Right. It's never been in a TV that he's Q. Because
2: I'm not sure he's a Q. I don't
0: think Uh,. Uh, we have Home Soil for The Next oh, Generation. Oh, yeah, a very yeah, bad episode yeah, yeah, yeah. that I am very much looking forward to watching.
2: going to be amazing. I'm going to have to give it's it got, like five points and I'm going to enjoy it so much.
0: It's got, it's got one particular buck wild moment <laughs> that we'll probably never stop talking
2: about. Uh, the characterization's going to be just off the wall.
0: It's it's wild. <laughs> um, uh, For DS9, Dramatis Personae. No, I have no, no idea what it was. The only thing I know about this episode is that it actually filmed before The Forsaken. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, for Voyager, initiations. I don't know. Could, could be anything. I don't know. And for Enterprise, Rogue Planet, which does not sound good. No. That sounds like a standalone 1950s sci-fi movie. I so think
2: that's I think that's one of those Mission Impossible movies. Mission Impossible Six, Rogue, Rogue Planet, Rogue Planet. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's what we're watching next week, so uh, we'll enjoy it for home soil.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, good. That's something I have something to look forward to.
0: And I get to watch Home Soil first because <gasps> it when the bow breaks was my lowest scoring episode. It
2: was a piece of ship of Voyager was my worst. Damn it. Yep. All right.
0: Yeah, if you hadn't hated the thirty-seven so much, we could be out of this tie situation, or maybe in a three-way <laughs> tie situation, which would be insane.
2: Yeah, I should have given it a few more points. If Damn it. Found, if you
0: just found well, you would have had to find five more points. Mm, well, I couldn't. Uh and and you wouldn't have to watch initiations first next week you'd get to watch well you'd stop to watch deep space nine doesn't all right, matter all right anyway. that's what we're watching next week tweet us um, at brother date you tell us what the fuck we should do yeah uh
2: you can also send us regular mail too because next week's a mailbag um then uh, you can also find us at brotherdate.com. you can do the itunes subscriptions uh sorry if we had any audio difficulties early in the episode and um you know uh, we'll see
1: you around peace
0: I you'll never f- you'll never get to the academy and then how will you become a famous oceanographer? <laughs>
2: like your dad. One of those famous
0: military oceanographers like your dad, like your dad
2: Harry Sr.
1: Please subscribe.